Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. Yeah, I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies. This week, about the only thing that I saw in theaters that actually entertained me is my solo review for the movie Countdown. And then, for my own solo review, I went and saw the Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson film, The Lighthouse. Then, we went and saw an audience get pandered to with Black and Blue. And then, this week for The Time Machine, we went to 2004 and saw the film that brought us the subgenre of torture porn, Saw. All of that on this week's episode of Brownie Points. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. As longtime listeners know, we do not always jump right into the film reviews. We like to talk about things that happen in the news, uh, some trailers that came out. Uh, sometimes we like to uh, give ourselves little list ideas, like uh, kind of thought experiments, all a part of an editorial segment that we call Brownie Bites. And this week we got two topics we want to talk about, but... The first one is, of course, the final trailer for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker that dropped during Monday Night Football last week. And... Called it. Huh? Not not last week, but I called a long time ago. I was like, I bet the final trailer is going to come out sometime in the fall, probably October or November for The uh, Rise of Skywalker. Called it like two months in advance. Yeah, you – yeah. It was not hard to. It was not a surprise at all to me when I found out. Like, oh, of course it's going to drop during the most watched thing on can't, Monday. Can't you let me? Can't you let me just have that? No, you can have it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying in hindsight, like, oh, of course it was going to drop during a football game because I didn't really think about it or Who read into playing, it. Who was playing, by the way? Wasn't it like the Jets and the Dolphins or something? Um, I think it was the Jets and the Patriots. But okay, yeah, pretty decent fan bases. Yeah. When uh, Sam Darnold was seeing a bunch of ghosts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold had mono. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. We finally got the last trailer, and we know about a, as much about this movie as we did from trailer one and trailer two. So I I don't know. I don't really have much to say about this trailer. Like, I didn't – I appreciated that there wasn't so many clips from the older movies, but at the same time, it's just like – Oh, cool. That's a cool shot of a lot of ships. Oh, cool. We see a little bit more of Rey and Kylo fighting each other and then also fighting together. And, oh, cool. We see Carrie Fisher again. And then, of course, I could see the back of my own skull when it was like, for the last time. And then C-3PO is just like... I'm looking at all my friends. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. C-3PO is just like, I want to just see all my friends one more time. It's just like, okay, you're... We get it. It's the last movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm still gonna be excited to see it. Like, I already have my ticket booked. I mean, I know you do too. So I I don't really have anything to really say about this. This was just a third copy of the same trailer that we've gotten two previous times, and it makes sense why Disney's trying to keep this like super secret under wraps. Like, it's kind of surprising they're even releasing trailers. Like, with the way these trailers have been kind of turned out really like i kind of wish that yeah. they actually were just going to be like no 
we're gonna do we're gonna be Mavericks and we're actually gonna not make an ad campaign. And just why not? You're gonna make a billion dollars anyway. Like they might as well have not made these trailers, really. Yeah, it's um you like you said we saw a bunch of the same stuff. I mean, kind of, but no. I don't I don't um, mean it's the literal same trailers, but we, like well, I mean like we get a bunch of new footage, but we get like no context of what on earth is going on in this movie. And that's frankly my big complaint with this is you know, we're doing we're doing our Star Wars recap thing. Uh we're both big Star Wars fans. I think I think we've said like I'm a much bigger star wars fan than you are and i should be losing my mind over all of these and the thing that's funny is the only reason i am like super excited and really really want to see this movie is because of me like these trailers are not making me want to see the movie at all it's it's like it's good marketing and the fact that like we're not like getting anything spoiled but at the exact same time, you are not making me any more interested in your movie. It's it's such it, it's such a horrible striptease. Like I'm not re- like I'm not getting more excited. They like I got excited in the first one when they revealed um, Palpatine's voice, and I think they blew their like blew their big thing super super early in the advertising campaign. And then in the second one, it was, all right, let's try and have everyone freak out. Let's have Ray in a, as a Sith and a Force vision. And it's like, that's clearly a Force vision. Like, it, I, don't, I don't know. It's just this advertising campaign is not working at all for me. See, I trust, I trust J.J. has something left in his sleeve. Like, he's, he's known for everyone. I'm of really the- worried it's time travel. It's... I'm going to be mad if it is. I don't think it will be. I think JJ's a little more creative than that. Like we all know he's known for like the mystery box and yeah. like sure basically what he did in the last film was just copy episode 4 for about 80% of the screenplay, I'm, but the th- so like cuz the the new trilogy not including Solo and uh uh Rogue One cuz I will cuz I can at least say this about Solo. It wasn't a redo of another movie. Like Well neither was Rogue One. Yeah, and but I mean like Rogue One and Solo, but mainly like I just ripped on Solo that entire review. At least I can say about those two movies, but especially Solo, as much as I didn't like it, it was a new movie. And the other two have copied so many other Star Wars movies. I'm now worried that they're about to copy uh Endgame. Uh the the time travel theory I've actually first heard uh again Red Letter Media. Um but they they brought it up in one thing and man, it makes way too much sense with what they're showing to be time travel. I like I, I everybody was rage quitting Star Wars for Last Jedi, even though we'll we'll address it later. I'm not gonna say anything about that or open that can yeah. of worms yet. I will rage quit Star Wars if they do time traveling because they've never done it before, and I stand by it shouldn't be in Star Wars. Like I, I told you, I might actually just start audibly booing in the theater if they do that. Oh, I will. I well, I won't boo, but I'll probably like. I probably will just unconsciously just go like, "Are you effing kidding me?" Like, and have I might <laughs> shout that. No, we're. Well, I mean, we're not seeing it together. Like we, uh, we got to. Yeah, me, me and Kelsey are going Thursday, Thursday night at like I think six fifty or seven o'clock. 
longitude is this number latitude is that number uh <laughs> yeah i'm see i'm seeing it um thursday night also obviously um and then did, did you have trouble getting your tickets because i actually didn't buy them because the tickets went on sale like when this trailer came out uh on monday night and i didn't actually buy my tickets i think until tuesday or wednesday morning I was, the only trouble i had is i kind of wanted to see it in imax and that imax screening i was only going to be able to go by myself like kelsey wouldn't be able to go and Kel- i was talking with kelsey and i was like yeah that imax is not going to work we can go to like a friday imax showing she goes i kind of want to be able to lay down because of how long it's going to be and I was like, okay, yeah, let's go to the like the the non IMAX part of the theater, but it has the recliner seat, so we're not going to an IMAX showing. But I I didn't have any troubles like finding tickets, but I heard this thing is like setting records already. I I was at a family dinner when the trailer dropped and the tickets were released. Like I didn't like I texted you that the tickets were available, but I didn't try to get any because I mean obviously I was eating dinner, but. Uh, the next morning, no, I was fine. Like I, I opened my A-list app, and the Dolby, the Dolby room was already sold out. So yeah. I didn't want to. I wanted that because it was the higher end and recliners. And then my other options would be not high end picture, but recliner seats or high end IMAX. And so yeah. I just went with IMAX. Like I know it's going to be a long movie, but and I might, I might buy t- like for myself because i usually see the star wars movies like twice or three times in the theater uh well okay i usually see them (laughs) twice there's one time where a friend was like i haven't seen it yet and i was like yeah i'll go with you and it was my third time seeing it that's Um, like that's like the comic book guy in the episode when the simpsons were making fun of episode one like worst star wars ever i will only see it three more times today (laughs) no 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 what i what i mean is i usually like I try and go see him opening night, and a lot of times it's hard to coordinate with a bunch of people. So I'm like, I'm just gonna go, and then we'll f- like, we'll figure out other times. Um, so I, I I might like for my second viewing, I might just like go by myself to see it in IMAX. Okay. Because yeah. No, I'm actually uh, the one thing that I am not happy about with my IMAX is that it's in 3D also, which. Oh god. I. Given that I don't want to go, I, I don't know. Why I'm, is that making such a weird comeback again? I don't know. Like it's because <laughs> you remember like what was it like 2011 through like 2013, 2014? They really pushed really crappy 3D movies, and then it went away. Well, because and now all were, of a sudden it's creeping back in again. I I don't know why they're trying to make it a thing. Like when really like the actual theater should be why like having the recliners, having the high end food having a Dolby room or having RPX or... Yeah, I mean, I've... In recent years, the only movie I've gone and seen in 3D is Metallica Through the Never in West Lafayette, and that's because the only screening I could get there was it was in 3D. But, like... Yeah, man, it's it's not like... I get it. You want it to be a thing, and it's cool technology. It's not practical. Yeah, I... Well, I mean, it... It's it works like it's not bad 3D like 3D wasn't the reason I didn't like Gemini Man like and like I said in that review I don't remember the last film I saw in 3D uh, before yeah. that like let alone the last time I saw something in IMAX 3D like that's gonna be a that's gonna be a relatively first for me for at least a couple of years but yeah. I mean I'm still I, it's whatever like that's the compromise that I'm making with myself two months from now and I will for the film itself we'll see like I don't. 
I don't know. Like, unless something radical happens with another trailer, like a TV spot or something, I don't know why. Well, they said, well, they said this was the final trailer. Well, yeah, I mean, there's still like, going to be... there's going to be TV spots, but I don't think they're going to add anything to it. Yeah, so there's probably not going to be a reason for us to need to talk about this again outside of, like, if it happens to come up during our Star Wars bonus episodes, but I... Yeah. I don't know, unless something radical happens, like, but that's the, th- that's the thesis I'm trying to get at, is that they might as well have just not even made trailers, like, why not? Like, you're gonna make a billion dollars, like, yeah. we're all gonna... Like, like I said, dude, this, this ad campaign has been so bad, like, Last Jedi, dude, at least you could pick up, like, there's a new, there's a new thing rising from the ashes of the Empire, and the Rebellion is still fighting, but there's these new characters in this, uh, Rise of Skywalker, you could get that they're running from this, and, and you know yada 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 this trailer dude or this movie I, one of one of the worst ad campaigns i can think of for a big motion picture like like i said you're you should be like th- these ads should be making me like foaming at the mouth to see this movie and i just like it's not taking away my desire to see it because my imagination's running rampant like but you didn't add anything to my imagination that wasn't there before i I 100% agree. I would say it's one of the more deliberate. I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily personally say like disappointing or aggravating, but it's obviously very deliberate. The way that they've been. Yeah, it is. It is very deliberate. Like they're like I will give you this. They're doing a fantastic job of giving of not spoiling the movie, but they're also not giving any information. Yeah, and I mean that's. I mean that's and that's their game. They want to keep it secret. It's. It's like a really well made like YouTube editor that's like trying to make a like a montage of something that explains a story but they don't understand like how to tell the story properly and so it's just a random like mishmash of clips yeah and it's well we'll see how it pays off i mean obviously like it's it was going to work regardless so they were just going to be like oh let's just get a bunch of money shots so i i swear to god 3po dude yeah. If you get high and that's why your eyes turn red and then you get like super lovey-dovey, it's going to be an awkward movie. <laughs> I just imagine like he walks over to to um to finish just like Finn. Your your shirt is so soft. Let's go dance. <laughs> Isn't it weird how our hands have fingers? <laughs> <laughs> what what is do they fing? <laughs> R2, R2D2, where are you? Oh God, you're right next to me. <laughs> it's like the Dwight meme. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I will say this: uh, Office Ladies is a podcast I started listening to recently. Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher do an episode by episode like recap of The Office. It's actually quite fascinating to hear their stories, so I recommend listening to that to anybody. And that's our brownie points free non-related podcast plug of the week. Uh, Hopefully we get some brownie points with them. Yeah. <laughs> and they can help us out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jenna and Angela, if you're listening, actually Jenna, if you're listening, go every St. Louis team ever. What is she on the list of celebrities that are from St. Louis too? Yeah, her and Phyllis. Oh, during seriously? The, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, they kept like they kept posting videos of her and uh, Krasinski like talking smack to each other. Oh, what is he? During during Game Seven, uh, Krasinski and whoever the guy is that played her, uh, Roy, her fiance, and also he was in a, uh, Brightburn as the dad. That actor, they were in a box together, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, how awkward do you think Pam has to feel right now?" Oh, that's funny. 
Okay, I didn't but, know that. I'm gonna Google yeah. like I'm gonna Google this list now, so I'm a little more up to speed with you. I'm telling you, man, we gotta move. We gotta move the show to St. Louis for Hollywood purposes. Sure. Ho- Nothing to do with my personal fandom. Yeah, the L.A. of the Midwest, not Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chicago, you giant dumpster fire of a city. Hey, hey, now we don't want to lose. <laughs> I like I like Chicago, and I like all of our <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky is better than Cutler. <laughs> Are you serious? I've, Cutler could throw to his left. I I I'm being hyperbolic, but yes. Anyway, <laughs> I, I saw I saw his comeback game last week. He actually threw the left, and I was like, oh my god, it was a completion. What's he gonna do next week? Throw to the left twice? Did you see the other the other air balls that he threw though? Um. <laughs> no, no, because I actually turned on a game with a good quarterback. Exactly. Um. <laughs> But anyway, let's move on to the second topic that we want to cover real quick here in the Brownie Bite segment. Streaming services. Yes, not anything in a theater. I thought it'd be interesting for us to take a look at uh, the four big streamers coming um, to compete with Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Netflix for our eyes and attention. And... um, I have very small breakdowns of all of them, and I have asked Nick to, if he had to pick one of these, which one would it be? So, um, for you all, the listeners, I will walk us through the four that I've written down very briefly, and also to help Nick out in case you're on the fence. I feel confident in my own personal choice, but um, Nick, I have written down specs for Disney+. Plus. Apple TV plus HBO Max and the NBC uh, Peacock. So starting with Disney Plus, I feel like it's kind of obvious that this one's going to get the most sign up out of all of them. It's uh, it's only going to be seven bucks a month. And you can also do a twelve dollar a month bundle that gets you ESPN Plus and Hulu but um, the appeal for that, Ooh. otherwise, is obviously it's got the entire Disney library, which is going to include several reboots of their own property, but it's also going to have um, National Geographic, Marvel, Muppets, uh, Pixar, basically like everything. And uh, they're moving the Simpsons world over there from FX. Uh, just thousands. So Disney Plus? Yeah, it's not going to be on FX. Uh, you can stop pitching everything. That's well. That remember when I I'm I'm serious. I here's what I'm gonna answer the question like now. It's Disney Plus because uh, the main reason Kelsey will end our relationship if uh, I don't sign up for that. Uh, you just said The Simpsons and you also mentioned the bundle with ESPN Plus. There's my three reasons. Yeah, it's I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm probably I'm gonna end up with it too. I mean plus I'd, plus the other one would just the other one I'd be interested in is NBC, but I can just go buy the Office DVDs. Well, yeah, obvi- like there's no I can get into that later. Like it's gonna happen for me too because obviously my wife Nicole wants all the Disney movies. Like I like the prospect of having The Simpsons, yeah, but I mean it'd be fun to revisit some of these movies that Disney owns that I hadn't thought about in a while. Um, the only downside of this though that I see is that they bought Fox, but they are kind of pretending Fox doesn't exist with this uh, streamer. At least right now, there's virtually no Fox titles going onto it. Um, like the X-Men movies aren't going to be there, at least at launch. 
Um, and they've also publicly stated that they're not going to put on any R-rated movies on here. So that limits – I can I can get behind that because honestly Disney Plus is probably going to be like YouTube Kids or whatever. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be so heavy-handed for kids that, you know – I'm going to sound like an old man yelling at uh, kids to get off his lawn or yelling at a cloud, Simpsons reference. But, man, kids, like, you remember when we were kids and we had, like, toys all the time if we went somewhere? And, like, we didn't pay attention. We just, like, played with them. Yeah. Um, Kids do that now with, like, iPads and iPhones and stuff. And, like, if a kid is just, like, pushing pushing buttons on the screen – and then they suddenly get to like Deadpool. I I can get behind not having an R-rated movie on there. I you know won't someone think of the children? I would personally just want it as like an option, like how Netflix has like oh if you want anything kid related, click this tab. Yeah, but dude, you got to think about it like if if um. If a kid gets it and there's like, how old are you? And they can lie about their age. Yeah. But I mean, the only other way I could think of making it work is you have to put in like a, a pin or a password that the parents have under like a lock and key. Yeah. I like it's like tattooed like on the inside of their eyelids. And the only way they can see it is to like close their eyes or something. Yeah, I just I don't know. I'm just taking slightly more personal offense to how it seems like they're treating the Fox properties. Like I just, I Fox properties. Yes. That is a problem. The rated R stuff. I can kind of get behind with how much this is going to be like for kids. I can get behind that. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't add it sometime later on, but maybe they're just like, Hey, right now we don't really know how to do this super effectively. Well, I mean, for the adult content. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I could have phrased that better. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it's not porn. But um, okay, so I guess it's we're in agreement already that it's. I mean, I my mean, pers- I mean, the, the H, the HBO one. Well, let me let HBO me walk through. HBO really some... doesn't have like any major programs that I've been dying because I don't. I, we I think we used to have HBO when my family had uh, Dish, and then we switched over to Metronet, and we haven't had HBO since. And I don't really feel like I'm missing much by not having HBO. Like, I, yeah, I missed Game of Thrones, but I don't care. Dude, that wasn't gonna be um, up in your real house. I know you. I know you. Have... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not huge on that kind of stuff anyway. Like, uh, medieval stuff. I, I, I never really got into Sky. I own Skyrim, but I never really got into Skyrim. I played RuneScape when I was in middle school and elementary school, but nerd. Um, you shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> was never really into World of Warcraft. Uh, I never really got into Lord of the Rings. I never really got into Game of Thrones. Like that kind of stuff never really piqued my interest. Well, so let me okay. Let me let me break down what HBO Max specifically is going to have then, because this would be my personal pick. The um, only thing I'd really want it for is uh 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 Hard Knocks. Yeah, which I well that's about it. This last season wasn't the best season after us surprisingly really good episode the rest of the season I was bad i saw i saw the very first episode of it is like wow the raiders look like they were given a script by the raiders organization of what you can and cannot say slash do then antonio brown smoked some meth with it and then was like i'll do whatever i want well 
No, I wish it had more Antonio Brown in it. That's the problem is that the Raiders. Well, no, no, no. Like, I know he wasn't on it that much because he wasn't with the Raiders all that much. But what I'm getting at is, like, Antonio Brown's like, you can't tell me how to do anything with my life. I, dude, you need to watch the, you should watch the entire season. Like, it's so clearly doctored by the Raiders to be as pro Raider as possible. Like, there's no journalistic integrity in this season. Like, the other one. The first episode I watched, I was like, this is so, like, not scripted, but like you absolutely cannot do this. I never thought the other seasons were I like I could tell they were doctored a little bit, but like you could still have some dramatic moments in it. Like this one was just doctored to to the most extreme. Like I was really disappointed that NFL didn't uh, or that HBO didn't like push a little harder to allow them to document some more like skeletons. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. Um, just a quick rundown of HBO Max specifically. Like, there's no set price on it yet, but it's rumored to be about $15 a month. And I actually saw that people who have uh, UVerse uh, cable from AT&T, because that is HBO's parent company now, uh, UVerse cable subscribers apparently might be able to get HBO Max free for a year. Um, oh, nice. So that's a big plus. Uh, Mom, don't cut the cable yet. Um <laughs> <laughs> So uh, in addition to obviously the HBO library, um, this is going to be like a more expanded version of uh, what you could already get on HBO now, Um, except on HBO now, you do not have access to Cartoon Network shows, shows that are produced by Warner Brothers. Um, You also get Friends, and they just inked a deal to be the exclusive streaming service for Studio Ghibli films like Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, uh, The Valley of the Winds, or I totally... Totoro? Huh? Totoro? Yeah, My Neighbor Totoro. Um, the only one of those movies I think I've seen. Uh, out of all, like, that entire library, um, which, dude, holy crap, those are amazing films. He hasn't made a... Uh, I already forgot the guy's name, but Studio Ghibli has not made a bad movie really especially spirited away like that's like a masterpiece in anime but um i mean yeah that's a really really small spectrum of like what they're going to be doing but like i love the idea that like the warner brothers film library is going to be there because they make a lot of fantastic prestige dramas at least for that's like up in my alley like i typically really like warner brother films uh even though the dc films are pretty bad um, <laughs> I don't care. I don't personally care that Friends is on there, but uh, being able to watch Cartoon Network yeah, shows. Yeah, I never really got into it. I, Sein, I find Seinfeld substantially better. Maybe because it's way more pessimistic. Yeah. But I like I've wa- I've tried watching Friends. It's okay, but I like I watch it and I'm like, why does everyone love this? Well, fun fact about uh, Seinfeld. Um, Seinfeld is leaving. Who Seinfeld's going to be leaving Hulu? I want to say next year, and it's going to be going on Netflix. That's my baseline. (laughs) But um, I would personally like I would just expand my HBO now to HBO Max, like personally. But I mean, obviously, there's it's like what's what's the last one? uh, There's two more, but I can go through them very, very quickly because neither of them are really that interesting to me. Uh, Yeah. What for? Apple TV Plus, uh, it's only five dollars a month. And apparently at launch, um, if you prove you already have like an apple id you can get it free for the entire first year so Hmm. um but they have no agreements with film studios for a catalog library which is kind (laughs) of get our streaming service what's coming to it shut up and give us five bucks a month 
Well, it's only their own content, really. Like, they have... They have Morning Show, which is the show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, Tom Hanks' follow-up to um, uh, his Pass last no, – uh, the Tom Hanks follow-up to his previous space uh, epic, uh, For All Mankind, is going to be on there. Um, and then there's a couple other shows, like there's a Jason Momoa show that's going to be on there. There's going to be an In Night Shyamalan show that's going to be on there. But that's the biggest thing for me is that – they have no film licensing at all with any studio, and it's just going to be all their own stuff. And yeah. that's not enough for me. Like, well, the fact that I could allegedly, well, take it with a grain of salt, do some extra research to make sure that I'm right, like with the the UVerse with HBO and um, getting Apple TV free for a year if you already have an Apple ID. Like, that's what I just saw. Like, well, just do. You just have to do it yourself just to make sure that I'm right or wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, even still, for just five bucks, like. I don't, I don't, you got a bunch of big names, but like, I don't want to commit to something that I'll probably end up like not watch or like, like, yeah, it's just so get some oof behind it. Yeah. Like it feels like Apple just like trying to play catch up and like pretend. Yeah, that dude, can... it feels that hearing your description feels very, oh crap. We got to have our own streaming service. Cause we're a big company. What? We, we have a billion dollars, but we can have $1.5 billion if we start making our own TV shows. Like that's it. Just it, it's a very it's very much a cash grab. Yeah, and I don't. I yeah. The bigger thing with me, like outside of like, oh cool, like you signed Oprah to a deal, you signed Reese Witherspoon to a deal. Like, you're not talking to any studio for licensing. Like, I know that I know that's a little limited. Like because everybody's basically like either doing their own thing or they're still with Netflix or Prime or whatever. But you're not trying to like have anything outside of your originals like even like really really old obscure stuff like i don't know that just kind of turns me off um yeah the very very last one i have even less to say about it it is the streaming service exclusively through nbc uh that they have recently titled peacock there is no sp- only reason i'd want that is for the office and parks and rec and that's it and i can buy those dvds well that's it in a nutshell there's no set price for it um they are alleged that it's rumored that they're going to be starting to pull all their stuff from hulu um as the licenses expire like yeah. uh parks and rec is going to be there the office will be there brooklyn 99 will be there um if uh, the, uh, oh god literally anything like heroes will be there um i can remember that show from 06 yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, if NBC made it, it'll be there. And then I don't. I didn't see anything about like if they're going to have like Universal's film library on there exclusively. Like I didn't see anything anything definitive about that because NBC and Universal are owned by the same company. So yeah. I mean that would be cool. Like Universal's got a pretty decent library. Um, they own Back to the Future. Um, among Fast and Furious. Do what? Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, and, oh my God. And they have a. I know what they're doing with the Fast and Furious franchise now. What? They are now stringing it along until they can get Universal on NBC Peacock, and then they're just going to make it direct to NBC Peacock uh, sequels for eternity. Once every two years, there's a new one. Oh boy. Well, that's my conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, the actual franchise still makes money outside of Hobbs and Shaw. Like, I, I feel like nine or eight or whichever one's coming up now would still make a boat. Did you hear Cardi B just signed on for the next one? Didn't she and someone else just sign up too? Like, 
I don't know who the other person was, but Cardi B did. Let me re- let me repeat that for you. Cardi B signed up to be in the next Fast and Furious movie. Okay. Um. <laughs> I don't know how to roll my tongue, but that's what it sounds like to me. Didn't you take Spanish? I thought you knew how to roll your tongue. I took Spanish. Doesn't mean I can do that with my tongue. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, Dude, not only did I take Spanish, I struggled mightily for two and a half years through that. Not, I dropped out midway through my third year when we found out I didn't need it to get like a core 40 technical honors diploma. I was like, uh, yeah, this is killing my GPA. It's an absolute nightmare, and I don't even need it for this. Bye-bye. Nice. Um, but yeah, back to the topic at hand. I mean, that's that's more or less the streaming services. And, I mean, we already figured out, like, what we'd want pretty easily. Like, I I would personally, like I said, I would personally take HBO, HBO Max, but obviously Disney, for me, would be a close second, even though... We, I, I'm not. I'm gonna be lying to myself if I don't end up with both of those. Um, I'm gonna pass on Apple TV and Peacock. I'm gonna pass on Apple TV for now. Uh, if they get something that interests me, sure. But like, you literally are just saying, give me five dollars a month. Why? Cause I'm Apple. I, I don't want that. Yeah, I'm. I'm fine with Prime and Hulu and Netflix. Like. And I'm going to keep harping at you to get Prime eventually because there's so many good movies for the time machine we could use Amazon Prime like for. Kelsey for not being super into Amazon. <laughs> I thought you weren't into Amazon. No, I I think I've bought two things off Amazon in my life, and I hated my experience both times. eBay's where it's at. Ew. eBay doesn't have a streaming service. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but eBay's where I get most of my memorabilia. So, Or actually, no, it's not. I go to signings. Well, yeah, I mean, but outside of that, though, you just don't shop in general, so it makes sense. Yeah. I, like I said. I hate being around people. <laughs> go to, well, $100 a year for an access to this incredible library. I say you should do it eventually, but it's, that's, eh. You know what you should do, actually? Instead of petitioning me to get Amazon, petition eBay to start a streaming service. <laughs> No, I <laughs> No, we don't need any more. It's already getting so fragmented. We don't need eBay to do that. Um but anyway, like I can't wait until like Best Buy starts its own streaming service in an effort to save itself from going out of business because now it's just an Amazon showroom. Is Best Buy going out of business? I don't know, but I mean they probably are. They've lost a substantial amount of money cuz people will just like go to Best Buy and like look at the TVs and then just buy it off Amazon and ship it to their house. Oh, that's funny. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but um, the only thing that back to this, the only thing that I'm really worried about is that um, is, is the three that we have right now, like their quality starting to go down. Like obviously like Netflix. Yeah. Netflix is taking a noticeable dip in like the last six months. Well, ne- yeah. Year to six months. Netflix's licensing is obviously going to get smaller. I'm really worried about Hulu's licensing getting smaller. Cause I really like it for like my limited amount of TV I watch. Plus their own film library yeah. is pretty good. Like if you actually yeah. give it a chance, uh, listeners, I know Nick and I both use it for the time machine a lot. Um, yeah, it's a, it, the thing that's annoying about it though is, dude, if I watch a movie on there, I, I Chromecast it, and my God, the, it has random commercial breaks with no ads in it. So someone will be talking, and the screen will go black for like a half second, and then it comes back. Dude, I've literally on my PlayStation is how I use Hulu primarily, and I mean, and sometimes on my tablet, 
I literally don't have ad breaks. Like even like that. I I would except for the Wi-Fi connection to my room is absolutely terrible because of where it's at in the house. And so I used to use my PlayStation to stream stuff like in my apartment when I was in Columbus. And I had no issues with Hulu ever when I did that. But Chromecasting it, it it's terrible. Well, Chrome, well, Chromecast is terrible. I don't know why you bought one. <laughs> Dude, it's easy to stream YouTube onto my TV. So is a PlayStation, but with bad Wi-Fi. No, it's not. Dude, I can just type on my phone and put it on my TV. PlayStation, I have to do all that stupid, like, drag and drop and hit X. Well, I'm glad you found a bit better use for it. Than... I find it funny that you're telling me PlayStation's better for something. Mr. I don't like video games. I don't dislike video games. I just don't play video games. I'd rather watch a lot of movies. <laughs> Not nerd. <laughs> um, anyway, um, there's not really much I don't have anything much else to say like other than I'm very worried about the current streamers like all their quality starting to go down but yeah we're all going to we're all going to hold hands and jump into this together cuz it's our own fault that this fragmentation of streaming has happened so <laughs> um, with that uh, we're going to take a very brief break and we will be back to tell you about the two films that we saw solo uh Countdown and The Lighthouse. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. This week, instead of just a patented Dan's solo review, Nick also has his own solo review. Suck it. (laughs) We ended up each seeing a different movie um, that, for scheduling purposes, like, for us to see three movies would have been impossible, so we decided to split these, because we didn't want to leave one of them hanging, and... I picked the artsy film The Lighthouse, and Nick picked the dead teenager Nick, co- Nick. the dead teenager horror film Countdown. Nick, Nick picked the Tom Segura movie that has other stuff happen in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Tom Segura is the only reason I went to this movie, and he would have been the one reason I would have joined you with it. But for the sake of, it's about the only thing that's good in it. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of coverage, we uh, each have thoughts on our films. Um, I can knock mine out pretty quick. Um, As I said, I went and saw The Lighthouse. It is from... um, Excuse me, I should have had the tab open right here, but here it is. It's uh, (laughs) the follow-up film from uh, Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch that came out in 2015. And once again, he delves into... uh, northeastern uh kind of gothic horror uh to an extent if you want to call it that kind of subgenre. <laughs> um this film takes place uh in a is new Is it gothic horror because it's black and white or is it an actual style of horror? It's a very specific subgenre that you okay. could say this fits into. Um the okay. broader the broader genre for this is just straight up like psychological thriller. Um but yeah, this takes place in a New England lighthouse in 1890 and is basically just a two-man show for Robert Pattinson of the Twilight films and Willem Dafoe, who we saw in Spider-Man, uh, among many, many other films in his illustrious career. And Who has the hook hand out of the two of them? Neither of them have a hook hand, but I am not kidding. Willem Dafoe kind of looks like <laughs> Willem Dafoe kind of looks like the sea captain from The Simpsons. 
<laughs> uh, I was going to say my follow-up question, who has the peg leg? <laughs> he doesn't have a peg leg, but he does have a bum leg, so you're halfway there. <laughs> He just has a splint on it all the time and drags it around. Oh my god, dude! The, the some of his, I would say dialogue, but he's got so many like sea shanty inspired monologues. Like, do you think they wrote him for him, or do they think they were just like, hey, be as insane as you are, but just do it as a boat captain? No, they uh, Robert really, really uh, did a great deal of research in uh getting the actual vernacular right um of the time kind of like what he did with the witch because if you saw the witch and any listener that has seen it can attest the the dialogue in that film along with this one is very 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 time specific and i'm not convinced he does adr for his films because like the witch some parts of this were also kind of hard to understand <laughs> like like literally audibly were hard to understand not on, like in addition to them already speaking very differently than i'm used to he just imagine you sitting in a completely dark theater and just like every 20 seconds what oh I, there were a couple... i can't understand you it's like can you stop yelling at the screen there were a couple times where i was just like oh i hope that wasn't important dialogue i missed <laughs> but um it's the chemical compound that'll cure cancer or aids or something and you're just like didn't hear it yep nope the the cure for world world peace nope not happening. The cure for world yeah. peace. It ends world peace and puts us into like a continuous war. Oh God! <laughs> Someone's in there. Dan, why? Why didn't you listen? <laughs> Dan, you're you're large muscles. <laughs> They're not that large. No. <laughs> um. But anyway. Um, Dan's Rambo. He's Danbo. <laughs> That might be my new favorite nickname for anyone ever, Danbo. Oh, hashtag Danbo. Um, <laughs> hashtag Danbo. Um, anyway, the... Uh, Is that a shirt? Is that our first shirt? Oh, uh, no. We probably had that. Some... I think... I, no, no, no. I think I think that needs to be our first shirt, and then our second one needs to be... My mom told me I don't need large muscles to get women. Our, at, some, <laughs> at some point, brownie batter needs to be a shirt, too. <laughs> brownie batter in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, that shirt's just i'm so scared i'm making brownie batter in my pants except the the second half of the sentence is going to be like on the tail of the shirt like right above the butt like <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you seen writing on a shirt that low i'm just saying that's a great idea <laughs> uh honestly i don't think i ever have exactly I, I don't i don't hang out like at walmart exactly that's why we got to do it now we got to copy pink um <laughs> Anyway, um, just a quick little summation of what the films is. Uh, the two the two characters played by Robert and Willem, they are assigned to work at this lighthouse uh, for four weeks um, for their like little tour, for lack of a better word. And are they in the military? No, I. That's why I'm saying, for lack of a better term, that's just like how okay. long they're assigned to be at this specific lighthouse. It's just four weeks. And okay. They kind of get along. They kind of don't. Like you could kind of look at this film at face value as uh, arguably one of the one of the best worst roommate films ever. Um, <laughs> because as the so it's Step Brothers. Step Brothers, except with well, there there is comedy, but it's not like Will Ferrell comedy. Like there are some really funny moments in this movie, but it's not at all like a comedy comedy. Like who rubs their nutsack on someone else's drum set? 
that's funny that you mentioned nuts because there are some sexual <laughs> things in this movie. I won't give the full context of it, but um, pent up sexual frustration is an aspect of this film. <laughs> um, oh God! Yeah, like, for four weeks. Well, for the it scenes only involve Robert with this, so you don't see really old Willem Dafoe doing anything. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really, the film. Uh, just kind of divulges from there or dissolves from there into just these two guys just going crazy like for their own psychological pent-ups and just not knowing when they're ever going to get out of here like dealing with themselves along with their personal issues and I want to keep it kind of vague because I do I know you want to see this and I don't want to spoil anything else or for any of the By the way, I'm going to spoil Countdown at some point so you you don't mind if that gets ruined for you, do you? Oh, I don't. I do not want to watch Countdown. I don't care. <laughs> okay, good, because it, dude, it's so weird. Well, I'm gonna. That's what I'm saying. You do want to see Lighthouse, so I'm not gonna ruin yeah, anything. Yeah. To the to the listeners, I did want to see Lighthouse, but I really wanted to see Tom Segura in a movie, and I was like, I know for a fact that I cannot see three, and I'm pretty sure I'll be okay not seeing uh, Lighthouse on the big screen. I'm pretty sure I'll be okay seeing it in uh, like DVD. Well, and you, sir, will be missing out on seeing the glorious 16-millimeter film in 4x3 on the big screen, because that was... I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what half of what you just said is. Um, okay. Uh, I was just... Technical, uh, technical merits for this film. Um, it's pretty impressive that it really, on that side of the camera, um, Robert went out of his way to shoot this film on actual black and white film and use vintage lenses that um are 80 90 years old too and it looks like an old film like in that four by three like kind of a box picture so yeah that visual aesthetic on top of like what this story is as well really complement each other really well there's some extremely creepy and unsettling shots in the film uh willem and robert are both phenomenal in the roles in their roles um honestly i'd put Willem Dafoe up for like my favorite supporting actor of the year if I mean one could make the argument I guess he was a co-lead but I feel like they're gonna try to put him in like best supporting actor personally are, are they the only characters that appear in the movie oh I, uh, there is a mermaid in the film but okay. really she doesn't have any lines like and she just appears randomly here and there so it's really she, just their, but, it's really it, their film so she but she's a person right she's not like CGI'd in oh no she's a person yeah okay Okay. But really, at the end of the day, like people say, like one man shows, like uh, 1408 is a one man show for John Cusack, and um, like Falling Down is a one man show for uh, oh, uh, Kirk, uh, Douglas, not Kirk Douglas, his son, Michael Douglas. Like, this is a two man show where they are on screen literally, like by themselves or one or the other for literally 100% of the runtime, except for like two or three scenes with the mermaid. And. Willem Dafoe especially should get an Oscar consideration for this. Uh, Robert did great too, but I feel like if one of them's going to get an award, it's going to be him or it's going to be Willem. And uh, like I was saying, it's creepy. You're it's uh, it's unpredictable when it goes from zero to ten in the latter half of the film. It's it's wild. <laughs> it's kind of like the <laughs> witch where it builds up to something crazy and. Um, I just I'm uh, I don't know what else to say without really spoiling anything because I really want to get in more detail with you like when you actually do see this to like really yeah. break this down just and for you listeners too 
go give this film a chance. He wants to meet with each of you individually to yeah. discuss the movie. Uh, give this film a chance. It's a lot of fun. You do laugh occasionally here and there amidst the rest of the psychological terror that happens in this film. Um, it is a nice slow buildup, too, if you're into that kind of an atmospheric kind of experience. Um, I really, really love this film. It probably will be on my best of the year list. Um, I don't know if I don't know top five, but I can imagine this being in my top ten. And yeah, it sprinkles on it. For, it sprinkles uh, on my brownie. So uh, yeah, I'll move on. And Nick, you were so excited when you left Countdown before we started taping. Let's break it down. What was it like for you to see Countdown? So this movie gets two ratings. Um, <laughs> this movie is. Uh, a full pan of brownies with sprinkles just based on what my viewing experience was. Um, but the movie itself is a uh, single brownie. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's a scene very early in the movie. Um, let me just paint. Okay. I'm going to paint you a picture of the audience I was with. Um, so uh, I can't remember. We talked about it off mic. Is this movie PG 13? Yes. Uh, yeah. Countdown's 13. Okay, so PG-13 horror movie, all right, around Halloween. A bunch of a bunch of uh, young young people that don't know what actually is scary are gonna go to this movie. Um, so dude, it was packed. I don't know why it was so full, but it was packed. Well, that's a, and, you, it's a well uh, behind the curtain. It is a Friday, and you just saw this movie what an hour ago? <laughs> yeah, I saw it at seven. It started at seven ten at night. Um, but, uh, so there's a scene, like it's the opening scene where they kind of establish, like, this is the app that kills people. And this is how they like, this is, they do download it. And then it tells them they're going to die soon. And then they die. And (laughs) this girl's walking home from a party. And I don't know why I found the setup to this hilarious. Like I was laughing before the like crappy jump scare happened. Um, but she's walking home and there's a guy behind her and she thinks he's going to kill her. And then he like gets in his car and drives off. And then like she gets scared by a pile of garbage. Um, what was there like a homeless guy? I don't know if she was like, they didn't recycle, but, um, (laughs) there's like a bunch of trash cans and stuff. And she's like freaked out. Cause I mean, it kind of looks like a person, but also there's a streetlight like really close to it. Um, so you can tell it's all trash. And so this girl next to me is like freaking out. She's like, Oh my God. Oh no. And I was like, it's, are you serious? Like we watched this, uh, we watched this girl die in the trailer. Like the thing you, the one thing you had to see to know this movie exists. She dies like by getting thrown in the air and getting dropped in her bathroom. Oh, and, okay. I was going to say, I'm not sure which one you were talking about, but okay. That that makes sense. It's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Yeah. But um, so she's like getting all tense and freaking out. And then she like steps in the road and is walking really slowly. And then I started laughing because I was like, you know, this movie is clearly so dependent on jump scares before it has even really happened that I wouldn't be surprised if just if just out of nowhere she gets hit by a truck. And she doesn't, but she like, like, kind of like jog, run, like jog walks to her front door. Power walk. No, I mean she didn't have both feet on the ground at once. Um, Malcolm in the Middle taught me that. Um, 
But <laughs> she like she gets to her door and she opens it and and I swear to you, like she gets in there and she closes it and she like starts looking at like she's got that like artistic glass that distorts your visuals and you can't really it's not fogged over but you can't see it because the the glass breaks up breaks up like your the wavelengths and you can't really make anything out. She's like looking out she's like looking at the one part that's clear and this one girl in the front row goes Girl, you know who's gonna come in the back door? <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> that was my audience. Was on the verge of crapping their pants over a pile of garbage and shouting at the screen. It was a blast to watch this movie, uh, but this movie was really lazy uh, or really bad. Um, it it does have some interesting things in it. Um, or some interesting concepts. I honestly think this would be a really neat way to take the final destination series um, is if it was like um, you get an app and then it's like, can you cheat death? uh, Or it's, it's a countdown app. Someone manages to cheat it. And then now death is going to hunt them down, but they get a reminder of like, or that their countdown resets to the next time they're going to die and then you get to see like the final destination deaths i think it'd be really neat um and this movie kind of does that but not like really i was gonna say does not anyone, to that full of an extent does anyone die like rupe goldberg style like in that film um it's gonna be the spoiler section um okay let's yeah because well it it, it that spoils what's going on um, but back, back to the like non-spoiler part, sure. um, non-spoiler part, the best parts of the movie are Tom Segura and I've seen this com- comedian. It's the guy that plays the priest. I've seen him and a lot of stuff. Keep talking. He's really funny. And he steals every scene he's in, in this movie. Um, but other than that, there's nothing really that good in the movie. Um, it's, if the, I think if they gave it to a better, uh, better director who, you know, wasn't going to be so heavy on the jump scares, um, there is one jump scare that actually worked on me cause I did not see it coming and it's actually pretty good. Is that also um, a spoiler? No. Um, but actually, yes, it is. Okay. Um, I can but, I can confirm who the pastor was if you wanted to know what his who yeah who is that uh, P J Byrne yeah dude was hilarious yeah I right I as soon as I pulled up his face um, I recognized him I, he's a character actor I've seen in a lot of a lot of things but never as like yeah. the lead um by the way this company did it have anything to do with Harvey Weinstein uh I seriously doubt it because uh, the Weinstein like and it's past. Well, Weinstein's been dissolved um, for over a year now. Uh, no, this was an STX film. Okay. Um, I ask that because there's a really weird thing that would make me think they were trying to say what Harvey Weinstein was bad. But uh, I, I'm going to end my spoiler-free thoughts because, oh, my God. Um, this movie, Single Brownie, really dumb. If you can, go find a packed theater full of people that don't really understand what a scary movie is. You'll have a blast if they're if they're willing to talk. 
it was so funny. Laughed my I I laughed more at this than some comedies this year. Uh, Hold on, I just so, sorry. I start I, I that what you did just say was funny, but holy crap! Once we sign off, at least spoiler free wise, um, <laughs> I have to read you this trivia I just found for this movie. And, okay, we're in the spoiler section. Uh, yeah, if if you can if you can go see it in a packed movie theater with people willing to talk, it's an absolute blast. But otherwise, this movie's dumb and kind of wastes a neat idea. Uh, Tom Segura is in it about as much as I thought he would be. He's hilarious, and then the the pastor, hysterical. Um, other than that, not that great. Uh, so spoiler section, hit me with that trivia. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just and just real quick, go ahead and check the timestamp for our next segment if you don't want to hear anything else. Uh, so yes, uh, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but I. <laughs> This made me laugh a lot just because we both are very familiar with the two people who are involved with this trivia. Um, And this is verbatim what it says on IMDb. Burt Kreischer was originally cast to play the role of Derek, but the director felt the performance came across as too racist, so Tom Segura was recast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how. Well, he does interact with a black guy. I don't know who I don't know. I mean, I obviously didn't see the movie. Dude, so your mom's house audience strikes again. You think that's fake trivia or it's got to be fake trivia because okay. the character, the <laughs> character is not like Bert. The character. So Tom's character in the movie. By the way, I love Tom Segura. Favorite comedian out there. Uh, I, my highlight of my week at work is when I have to just do invoices on Fridays. And I just put his two and a half, his two to three hour podcast on with his wife, and I just listen to it. It's it's like my highlight of my week at work. Um, love their podcast. They, I'm not kidding you. Tom's character in this movie, he's Tom is not a good actor, because uh, it's the only thing I've seen him really act. Really, the only thing I've seen him act in, other than like some YouTube stuff. And this is just Tom, but if he worked at a cell phone store. <laughs> like, so he's got it's the same guy. So they so they really asked him to push the limit on his range. They they literally went, "Hey, you're not a comedian, you sell cell phones, but you're exactly the same." Like dude, the his introductory scene, I was crying because one, my audience was great. But two, like, he's just uh, – I've worked a lot in customer service, and I just want to say, if you want me to love your movie, have a person in your movie who works customer service, has a terrible customer, and they're just berating the customer. Nice. Dude, it's so fun. It's like – he's like, there's something where they're like – this lady comes in, she's like, my phone's not working, and she, like, tosses it on the counter, and he goes, oh, I wonder why. If you're just treating it all willy-nilly like that, is that how you set it down every single time? Um, <laughs> dude, it's so funny. Um, his his post credit scene is hilarious. So he do, so he does make it or so okay so this is jumping all over. Tom's introduced because um, they find out that a bunch of people that have downloaded the app have died, uh, and it's at the time that it said they were gonna die, and. So the girl, or really, it's not even they yet. It's just the girl. She smashes her phone, and then her sister comes over, and she's like, what the heck? You need a new phone. So they go to the phone store. Tom owns either – I think Tom owns the phone store. 
He's the only employee I ever see there, and it's also a mom-and-pop place, and he's doing some illegal stuff. But Tom... Tom is... um, (laughs) Tom is standing behind a counter, and the lady comes in, and he makes fun of her. He helps the one girl, and then the one girl and this one guy... The one guy went in there, and he was for having phone issues, too. They have almost the same amount of time to live. Uh, so they go through their day and then they end up going back there. They find out, they go to the pastor. The pastor's like, Hey, if you can, um, like if you can beat it by a second or something, it works. But so they end up, um, going back to him and they said something about hacking into it. Cause he said he was going to jailbreak their phone. That's the legal thing that he keeps doing. He's like for a hundred bucks, I can jailbreak and you can have any app you want. Um, because the app automatically downloaded itself to a new phone because it's the devil. Um, not not the cloud, it's the devil. <laughs> yeah, similar similar letters, there's a D and an L. Um, <laughs> but, so, so she, so they go back and Tom is leaving. He's closing up and he's leaving and they convince him to stay and he mentions he has a Tinder date. So uh, he he ends up helping him uh, what they do is he hacks into the app and he just adds time onto onto their countdown, um, which interesting concept would have been neat if it actually worked. Um, but they so they are going about their night. Uh, they go through everything. The movie ends, credits start rolling, and then the mi- and it's a mid credit scene. It pops up, and again, Dan and I are very very familiar with these people. Tom is sitting at a dinner table. With his actual wife, Christina Pajitsky. Um, shout out to your mom's house fans. You'll understand that intro reference. Um, so they're sitting at a table. His his wife is his date. Tom is being like a terrible customer. Uh, and so she gets up to go to the bathroom. And he gets ready to pay the bill. And they like the restaurant closed like half an hour ago. And all of a sudden, lights go off. And that's one thing that, like, electricity goes out when uh, it's essentially the angel of death uh, shows up. Ugh, it's such a trope. Yeah, it's it's not really that great of a design. Um, actually, I take that back. It's not the angel of death. It's something worse. So, even dumber trope. Um, and I'll explain it once I'm done with all the Tom Segura stuff, because, oh my god, that's great. Um, but... <laughs> So all the lights go off, and he's like, what's going on? Dude, we're still here, man. And then, like, you can hear it coming. He goes, what? He goes, what the hell is that? Ah! It's, but it was really funny. So Tom's great in this movie. Like, honestly, if you can time to just win Tom's in the movie, do that. Um, but so the movie, basically what it is is, they it's an app you download it on your phone and it gives you it gives you a countdown it's uh you remember like when me and you were in middle school and everyone was obsessed with these websites that like you entered your name you entered your crush name it told you like how compatible you were uh or you could like find out how much more time you had to live it's those websites just as an app on your phone yeah um and it starts off by introducing it to these it's these high schoolers at a party. I learned that I no longer can uh, identify with the youth. Cause, <laughs> with the youth. <laughs> yeah, I'm old now, apparently. Um, oh, dude, I knew that. Uh, not you personally. I knew 
I knew we were not of that age anymore. Like when we started doing this show and we have since seen the slew of horror films that we've seen, like Annabelle and La Llorona and, um, no, 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 no. I'm not talking because of my audience. I'm talking because of the teenagers in the scene. Oh, okay. I no longer can YOLO and have swag. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's another t-shirt. Um, but this one teenager at this party, she downloads it, and at the end of the party, it's saying that she's going to die in nine minutes. It, it told her, like, at the party, they're like, all the friends downloaded it, whoever lost or whoever had the least amount of time to lid had had to drink all the drinks at the table and they were like all full. She had the lowest and it works out like her boyfriend's like, I'll help you drink all the drinks. And then at the end of the party, um, he's trying to convince her to get in the car uh, so he can drive her home while he's hammered. Um, and then he gets really mad for some reason that she won't get in a car with a drunk guy. So he drives off. She's walking home. She goes to her house. She's the girl that dies in the bathroom. Well, at the same time, it's it's shown in the trailer, he gets in a car wreck. The, uh, the car wreck was what was supposed to kill her. Um, but because it, it shows the crash and then there's a tree limb that goes through the windshield and it's like stabbing where her head would have been in the passenger seat. But instead she died in the bathroom. Oh. So it is, it's, what it's establishing is if you try and change death, you're still going to die. I, so, I see. That's where you draw the parallels with um, Final yeah, Destination. That's, then. that's where I draw the parallels to Final Destination, except for Final Destination, if you can actually you can actually like take steps to prevent. It's not a Rube Goldberg machine in this movie. It's just like so. There's a lot of people that die, in, or there's a couple people that die in this movie, and what happens? What happens is is they get like lifted in the air and like smashed and beat up, and then at their one second they they do the thing that kills them. I see. Um, so that's how the movie opens. That kind of establishes what it is. Uh, I'll explain this later, but jump to really late in the movie when the pastor's explaining what the app is. He gives them a background story about this one prince. There was a battle, um, and he he asked you know some gypsy to tell like do this spell thing. And it would tell him when he died. She gives him a scroll. She opens the scroll. It looks exactly like the app. Um, it's it's a picture in a book because this movie has to overly explain what's going on instead of letting our imaginations run rampant. <laughs> right. Because you know the uh, the most scary thing or the scariest things are things that you know every detail about, not something that you leave to your imagination. Yeah. No. The White subtlety <laughs> doesn't exist. <laughs> no. The White House. The White House wasn't scary at all. Ambiguity and character development. Nah. Doesn't cut it for me. <laughs> yeah. So she um. Or, I'm sorry, the pastor is explaining everything, and basically what it is is uh, the 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 guy came back, his brother didn't die, or the, the guy finds out he's going to die in the battle, so he sends his younger brother. His younger brother um, survives and leads him to victory, and then he goes back and says that, you know, he's not going to die in the battle, and she goes, no, but you're going to be followed by, or he's like saying he's seeing things, and uh the gypsy's like no now you're now you're cursed with this thing and it's worse it's this is this has nothing to this is not natural it has nothing to do with the angel of death this is something worse um so that got recreated into this app is what it is um hmm. what they what they so back to the beginning of the movie um the main character uh average girl 
she just finished being an intern and became a nurse. Um, nothing's really all that interesting about it. I mean, her mom's she's got stereotypical dead mom syndrome because she was at a party and her mom went looking for her and got T-boned by a drunk driver and died um, a couple years ago. She has okay. a sister and her dad, but she just became a, a full-time nurse. The only thing that's kind of interesting, one, Axel from uh, the son... Uh, named Axel from the middle is a nurse at her hospital that she works at. Uh, that was interesting just cause I love the middle and I was like, Oh crap, it's Axel. Um, other than that, nothing too interesting other than she works for like doctor sexual harassment. Wait, um, what? what? <laughs> I don't know what his name is, but like, dude, he just is on screen to be a rapist. That's, like, so instead of Dr. McDreamy, it's Dr. McTouchy? Yeah, like, he's really handsy with her, like, in an elevator. It's, like, I'm not kidding. I was, like, okay, so he's in it for a couple times. All the nurses, da- like, okay, I'm all over the place. So the girl that died and the the guy, uh, the guy that got in the car wreck, they were dating. The guy that got in the car wreck ends up in the hospital. His thing is saying that he is going to die in like 19 hours, which is when his surgery is scheduled. So he's freaked out. He goes to this one part of the hospital that he knows is not supposed to be in. Our main character goes to check on him, and he explains what the app is to her. Um, Because of this, she comes back, and she's talking to the nurses because they're like, why was he in the restricted part of the hospital? And she goes, he's freaked out because his girlfriend died of this app. They're like, what app is that? And she goes, I think it's called Countdown. Axel's the one that looks it up, and he's like, oh, cool, and he sends it to everybody. They all download it and find out how much time they have. Um, so anyway, back to the, back to whatever I was talking about. So they all have the app. Yeah. So she's in the elevator, and she's kind of freaked out because she downloads it, and she finds out she only has like two days to live. And then Dr. Rape comes in, I'm gonna stop calling him that because I don't want to seem I don't want to seem like I'm making fun of like making a joke about that subject matter. But um, he comes in the elevator and like like pats her on the back and like it, it, it's just weird. Like that sounds like just it's, la- it's it's not natural the amount that he's like touching her, like patting her on the back, like squeezing her shoulder. It's it's weird. But and as soon as it happened, I was like, so either this movie doesn't realize what he's doing is sexual harassment, or he's gonna sexually harass her for some reason. It sounds this is why I asked you if Harvey Weinstein had anything to do with this, because they try to kill this guy. No, that's in a pretty brutal way. I well one I don't believe Harvey Weinstein would ever allow a movie with his name on it no, no, to no, no, explicitly no, 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 no. Like... What, what I mean what I mean what I mean is if he worked for this company and got fired and this company wanted to like make a statement of we are not okay with what he did oh. let's kill sexual harassers in No no STX has nothing to do with Harvey okay. Weinstein and the way you're describing the scene it sounds like it's just thinking it's smarter and more topical and more nuanced no, than it really is it um the reason they kill him is, or the like, okay, it's giving you a reason to be okay with this character getting murdered. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, he he is in a room with her alone. Well, not alone. There's a lady, but she's in a coma, 
And she's freaked out because she's starting to make connections because the, the one boy that told her about the app, uh, they think he committed suicide by jumping down the stairs when in reality he goes in the sta- he's he goes in the stairs and this is the jump scare that got me. So he crutches out of his room because they're like, hey, two-minute warning, and he looks at his phone, and this app is really weird because it'll send you notifications. By the way, these people do not have their phones on vibrate. Um, I almost never take mine off vibrate, um, but, like, dude, this app will make really weird sounds. Not the sounds from the from the ad. Like, this is a woman screaming like she's dying and then a, go- a ghastly sound. It's not uh. just the bling from the, from the ad. But... So he's like, dude, I'm going to die in three minutes. So I'm going to die like as soon as the surgery happens. I'm out. So he starts crutching to get away. And um, (laughs) so he goes in the stairs and what happens to him happened to the girl. The demon, what they do, what the demon does, and I didn't really explain it earlier, was when it's going to kill you, this app gives you like a two minute warning. And then at a minute 30, it gives you another warning. Then in a minute, it gives you another warning. And then I don't think it gives you a warning at 30 seconds because I think you only see one person's phone at 30 seconds. Um, but so the what it does is because you downloaded this app, it's going to torture you. And then the moment you die, it kills you. But it tortures. it tries to torture you for like the last two minutes. Okay. So that's why the girl gets like picked up in the air and thrown around and it's messing with her to, and causing jump scares and creeping her out. Uh, like she pulls back the shower curtain, she turns and then the sh- uh, she turns back and the shower curtain's closed again. Um, what he does is he's crutching down the hallway and you know how hospitals have like those curved mirrors so you can like see if there's someone like wheeling a gurney or something so you don't like crash into them? Yeah, it's like crowd, it's like crowd traffic control mirrors, yeah. Yeah. This jump scare got me because I didn't think this is what was going to happen. And it, in this movie, it's its first instance, first of two instances of ripping off Curse of La Llorona. I mean, it does it three times, but the other one is just a horror movie trope with the priest and it's a demon. I mean, that's that's in La Llorona, but that's also in, like, everything. Okay. Um, <laughs> but... So he's crutching down the hall and he uh, he hides from a nurse and then he crutches back out and he looks back up and in the mirror he sees like what's like the angel of death type deal, except it's not. I'm going to call it Bob. So he looks up and he sees <laughs> uh, he sees uh, stands for bitter old butcher. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that wasn't ad lib. Um so he looks up and he sees Bob and then he looks behind him to where he is and Bob's not there. And he looks back up in the mirror. Bob's not there. He looks back. Bob's not there. And then he looks up in the mirror. Bob's there. And then this is the jump scare that got me because I didn't think because it, it never moves when they when they see it in the reflection. They like the backup camera thing in the ad that's in this movie. You never actually see the angel move or you never see Bob move. And so I didn't think he was going to move. I thought it was only going to move when you didn't see it. Well, instead, he looks up, and then the mirror cracks suddenly, and then you hear a, and it, and you just see Bob like shoot up towards the mirror. Um, that worked. I did not expect that jump scare at all. Um, 
And then he like goes in the stairwell and he drops one of his stairs or not drops one of the stairs, drops one of his crutches. <laughs> um, I'm going to take you back to something I did when we, you remember when I dislocated my knee when I was, when we were sophomores in high school? Um, I know this happened, but I didn't remember it was sophomore year. I think it's either so- yeah, it sophomore year. I know, I know you've dislocated your knee before cause we just talked about it cause of, uh, the Pat Mahomes Patrick injury. Mahomes. Yeah. So, Sports. Um. So. Sports ball. He's in the. So he's in the stairwell, and uh, he drops one of his crutches. And the reason that I'm bringing up what happened to me is I was upstairs and I was I didn't really know how to crutch downstairs yet. You're supposed to put the crutches down a step and then step down. I left this. I left the crutches on a step and stepped forward and essentially pole vaulted from like it's like a set of like 14, 12 or fourteen stairs at our old house, and I'm two steps down. Oh my god. <laughs> so he drops one of his and he's like leaning trying to pick it up. He's like, oh my god, I know exactly what's about to happen because I've done this. Um, but instead, uh, he's in the stairwell and uh, he drops his crutch and then he hears like banging and stuff on the door. Uh, and he's trying not to, he's trying to stop it. And then he gets it to stop and then all the lights go off. And then he's frantically trying to open the door. Which is kind of dumb. I was like, the demon thing is there that just scared you. Um, there's a lot of dumb stuff in this movie, but it's a horror movie. Um, so <laughs> those dumb, dumb it, stuff and in he, horror. And then he, sorry. And then he sees it. What? I was saying, dumb stuff in horror movies are not mutually exclusive terms. <laughs> yeah. So um, he sees, or he's there. And he, he looks, he turns on his flashlight and he looks and there's a sign that says, no re-entry, proceed to floor one. This movie does build tension very well. Um, this scene worked for me a little bit. Or this this scene worked for me to a point because, again, they showed this, they showed the end of it in the trailer. Um, but it says, proceed to floor one. And then you hear a door close and you hear some pretty heavy steps walk into the stairwell. And then you hear the steps, and the sound design in the scene is really neat. Because the steps are coming from below, and then you kind of hear it start... You hear it kind of fade from below, then it kind of sounds like it's the middle, and then you can hear them coming from above. The sound design was really neat in this scene. Nice. And so you hear the steps coming from above, and then you see a body, and it's uh, standing there, and it's wearing the clothes that uh, his girlfriend was wearing when she died. And I don't remember her name. I think it was Beverly, maybe? I don't remember. Um, and he goes, Bev? Bev? And he, like, turns the light up, and then you can see, like, she's all beat up. But then you hear, ah! And then you see his phone fall down, like, the five, like the stairwell through the middle, and, like, the, it, it drops and hits the ground, and it goes uh, two one zero and then i started laughing because i was like he just died and i or he's a he's about to die and i know how and as soon as it hits zero you see his head smack on the bottom stair and snap his neck and then he drops over dead and everyone in my theater like crapped their pants out of fear um but yeah so the the app or the demon thing from the app tortures you for your last like two minutes and then you die so that was the question that I said I would answer later that was going to be spoiler heavy. I don't remember exactly what you asked, but Right. It was um uh Oh, was it a Rube Goldberg machine? 
Yeah, um, that's not it's really. Not, it's not a Rube Goldberg machine, essentially, and it also plays into no, the that's, ending. Like that's not at all Rube Goldberg. <laughs> so the way the way that they figure out is uh, this is the other way it rips off Law Yorona. Um, in talking with the priest, they end up going back to the priest because uh, the girls, the main girl's sister, ended up downloading the app. After visiting Tom Segura, they add all that time to it. And they're like, oh, we beat it. And so uh, the main girl doesn't want to be alone. The uh, the main male actor in the movie is uh, has been accompanying her. He he's like, hey, you're seeing weird things, and this is and you download this app. It's happening to me too. I've only got like a day left. And so they go through the day trying to figure out how they can add it. And they talk with the priest, and so they add the time. Then that night, while she's asleep, it's that scene with the bed in the trailer. Um, and so that it all that happens, and then uh, oh, the arm's not actually Ben's; it's her. It's the demon things. It's Bob's. And uh, so they end up going back to the priest. The girl, the the sister scene actually is pretty freaky. Uh, they do some pretty creepy stuff with a lights, uh, nightlight, and then it gets funny. Like, there's a lot of, like, things that set up to actually be kind of creepy and scary, and then it gets funny because they just take the easiest jump scare way through it. This movie does the same thing that, uh, one of the characters in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark does, which is he gets scared and then, like, climbs under his bed, except the girl does, the girl's sister does that. And she climbs under the bed and she starts hearing her mom's voice asking where the sis, like the older sister is. And she's laying under the bed. The, uh, the girl's freaking out. And she like looks, leans and looks over and her mom's laying right next to her. And then like in a Satan voice, she just goes, where? like she's asking, where's, where's whatever the girl's name is? Where is she? Where is she? And then the girl rolls over and looks and her mom's just laying flat on her back, staring up. She goes, where is she? and then the bed flies out. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> again, I laugh so much in this movie. Um, but so at that moment, she's like running away and she gets to the front doors. Uh, her sister and Ben show up. They go back to the priest who, when they first meet the priest, uh, it's not the priest at the hospital because they say something to him. And they go, I don't, I, I don't deal with what you're dealing with, but I know someone who does. And it goes to the funny priest and he's listening to gangster rap in a, in a church. Uh, and then they go see him again. He's, he apparently was sleeping at the church shirtless and he's got a cross tattooed on his back. And okay. (laughs) uh, It's just not what I think of when I think of a priest. Yeah. Uh, like a Catholic priest. Um, so they go back, uh, they found out when they cracked the app, it was, it's coding was coded with Latin. And, Again, Tom's funny because he like he goes, oh my god, that's Latin, and the guy goes, what does it say? And he goes, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, man, I went to Catholic high school for all four years. And he goes, what's it say? And he goes, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> and he goes, I mean, I was there physically, but mentally, nah, man. Um, so the preacher starts translating it, and, that, and then he like kind of explains the story to him a little bit more. They come to the decision that. Uh, they have to beat it by one second and they prove the app wrong. And if they prove the app wrong, they prove the devil is a liar. And then, um, it should, in theory, it'll break the app 
essentially, and no one will die anymore. So, so the whole app and the entire system just crashes. Essentially, yeah. Like, so what they do is they go to the. This is a. This scene is actually really funny because it's almost like they listen to Cinema Sins, and then went, "We got to make this one part so that Cinema Sins can't criticize it." <laughs> so the pastor's like, "All right, what I have to do is I have to make." Uh, I have to make this design on the floor. It's a circle with a star of David in it. I don't know if that's a that's not a pentagram because I think a pentagram is just a star. No, um, the pentagram's got not the star of David. The pentagram's got a regular star in a circle. Yeah, yeah. This one's got the star of David in it. Um, okay, so I see. So they they're getting ready to make it with. He's like, we have to make it on the ground with salt, and then when the demon shows up, he can't cross it because once I bless the salt, uh, I think it's an imp any impure uh, spirit can't cross it is I think the exact words. So they, um, they go down there and he's like, this is rock salt. He's like, I use it to kill weeds. And they are like, okay, well let's make, make it with this. And they go, wait, what if he just like blows on it and it blows away? <laughs> it's like, it's actually really funny <laughs> and a valid criticism. So they decide they're going to mix the salt in with some white paint and then they're going to paint it on the floor, and then it dries, and the salt's there, and it can't cross. So uh, the time the time frames for people to die are Ben will die. Uh, the pastor does not have the app. He's fine. Um, but the time frame is Ben's going to die, the older girl's sister's going to die, and then three minutes later, the oldest sister's going to die, the main character. So okay. Ben, and it, honestly, this is another really, this scene actually worked for me. It's earlier in the movie. It worked for me, but uh, I it was really freaky. I do want to give it a compliment for this scene. It's 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 shown a little in the trailer, but not very much. And it explains what happens to Ben in this scene. Ben uh, he explains like him and the girl are talking about like their curiosity with the app about dying, and they're like, "Well, we I have a loved one I want to see. The main girl wants to go see her mom when she dies." Um, and Ben had a younger brother who got very, very sick and died in the hospital. And he's always felt bad because his brother was dying and he was jealous of the attention he was getting for the two years that he was dying. You know, young kids, it, it's kind of, under, it's, it's bad, but it's understandable. They're, they're young and they always want to be the center of attention. Oh, um, okay. he stole a toy from his younger dying brother. Um, so Ben is, and he always felt guilty about that. Ben goes to the hospital to, uh, with the one girl, with the main girl. The main girl has to go do something. She basically has to go meet, have a meeting because the doctor fabricated a story after sexually assaulting her that uh, she cornered him and sexually assaulted her. So they have a meeting with HR. So she goes and has that meeting. And the only reason that she didn't report it right away was when she was trying to report it to her her immediate uh, supervisor slash boss, the doctor was like, I need vitals on this patient. So she couldn't, although I don't understand why she couldn't just like do it later, like five minutes later. Um, but the doctor constructs a story. So she's off doing that. He He's going to go to the bathroom. He's in the bathroom, and when he's in the bathroom, someone jiggles the door. He's like, oh, occupied. 
Um, and it's a ki- it's <laughs> it's uh, a kid not wearing shoes in a public bathroom, so they're gonna get hepatitis. Um, <laughs> that's gross, dude. Um, there's pee on the floor and stuff. So <laughs> of the stuff, also, of, of the stuff also, you've been I don't know though. if that's how hepatitis <laughs> gets transferred is pee on the floor. Um, <laughs> so maybe the kid's not. But back to the point. So the, he's like, hey, man, it's occupied. The kid shuffles away really creepy. Um, and then he goes in the bathroom stall next to him. Ben gets out, goes to wash his hands. This was a really uh, unique concept. And then it started getting kind of funny. So Ben's washing his hands. The kid's in the bathroom stall. Um, you hear him like start crying. And Ben's like, you OK, bud? And then the kid stands up. And then he's in the bathroom stall. He starts walking to his left, you know, where the divider wall is. And he walks through it. Yeah. And then he walks through the next one. And he walks slowly through the next one. That actually freaked me out. I was like, dude, just run out. It was, it was, it honestly was a pretty creepy, intense scene. Because this, again, this movie builds tension very well to a certain point and then it gets funny. Here's when it gets funny. So he gets to the last stall and the kid's feet like walk up to the door. The kid then like stands on his tippy toes and I'm talking like ballerina level, like the very tips of his toes. <laughs> then his ankles snap in half and bend up behind him and then that's his feet now. Oh, I saw that. I saw that in one of the trailers. Oh, that was really gross. Yeah, it was gross in this. All the lights cut out. And then the door opens and the kid's not in there, but you hear crying. And then th- it was that was the gross part. It was still kind of tense and freaky because I was like, oh, dude, gross. Oh, my God. Then this is when I started laughing. The lights go out and you see Ben go to the, the, the stall. No one's in there. And then you see a shadow rise up behind him. And then his brother jumps on top of him and starts attacking him. And then the lights come on and a janitor comes in. Then, then, then it's funny. But... I explained all of that to you because one, that was a good scene, and two, it explains what happened to Ben. He's he's tormented by his brother, just like how the main girls, uh, her and her sister, are tormented by their mother. So they're in the pentagrams or they're in the Star of David circle, um, and Bob's walking around and he can't get in. Like anytime he tries to cross the line, his like uh, his ropes like starts burning. So they're they're going around in a circle. The priest is doing some prayer, and then. Um, the ghost or the Bob just disappears. All their phones start making the notification of, uh, for going off for like, you're about to die. The pastor's yelling, shut off your phones. I can't hear myself. Think I have to do this prayer. Well, Ben sees the toy. It's a toy dinosaur robot dinosaur that walks. Ben sees that start walking towards the circle and he, he walks closer to the edge and he picks it up and he looks and his brother's there, and his brother his brother goes, where is it? And he goes, I was going to give it back to you, I promise. And he's talking to his brother. And he goes, no, you weren't. And then to prove a point to his brother, he takes a step out of the circle. Just like in Curse of La Llorona, when that stupid girl was like, I got to get my dolly. Um, so he walks out. And the moment he walks out, the little brother has like a demo- it smiles and gets the demons or gets Bob's eyes. And then he goes, he gets yanked and goes flying out. Um, the oldest sister runs out to go save him and like 
shelves fall on her. Like they, like they're like Bob throws them on her. And then the youngest sister goes to chase her and a bookcase falls on her pretty hard. Like it hits her so hard. I was like, Oh, she might've like punctured a lung with a broken rib. So they go outside and, uh, Ben's outside and he's he's like standing around like everything's okay. I and with what happens next, I started laughing and then I had a I had a thought I will explain to you and I started laughing harder because he's standing there and you remember earlier when I said I thought the girl was gonna get hit by a truck while looking at the garbage. Oh my god, this was does someone actually get hit by a truck? Ben's standing in the road and she's like. Ben, it's okay, and the, uh, I think we beat it. And then a pickup truck is going like 50 miles an hour out of nowhere, not making sound until it's on, until it's uh, in shot. Just like Pet Cemetery. Hits no, it's a pickup truck, not a semi. It hits him and pins him to a tree, just like in Signs and Scary Movie Three. Wow. And his, he drops his phone and it's counting down. And I just thought I was like, well, if it follows uh, Scary Movie 3 and signs, him being pinned against that tree is actually what's going to keep him alive. But now he dies like he actually would. And um, I started laughing really hard because this truck came in from out of nowhere. Like you didn't hear a car crash and then it skids into him. Like this truck is just going and then hits him and then crashes into a tree. So it's going and hits him and then has to turn left. Like there's not just a tree in the middle of the road because, you know, civil engineers exist. And <laughs> um, this, like the oldest sister starts talking about like it's our time and or it was his time and soon it'll be our time. And I was like, did Bob get inside of your head? Um, but so like all this is happening and the, the youngest sister comes up for her sister. And I was like, is anyone going to check on the truck driver? Because they just plowed into a tree at 50. And the, uh, to his credit, the pastor opens the door and checks on the driver. We never find out what happened. They just, like, show the door open and he, like, grabs the driver out. But they don't say, like, oh, they had a heart attack or, oh, they're drunk. They're just, like, whatever. Um, and then they find out that the little sister has a, uh, like, a, a, not a stab wound, but she, she has a puncture in her, like, abdomen, uh, pretty close to a couple, like, her kidney or organ or appendix or something. And so they um, they rush her to the hospital, and when they go there, she gets taken in, and uh, the oldest sister has to check her in. And all the nurses are like, are you okay? And then her sister's getting fixed up, and then this one nurse goes, I know exactly uh, what happened with that doctor. I'm sorry if you go after him. I know exactly what happened as well in full detail because he sexually, he's sexually assaulting like multiple women because um, he's a pig. And – uh oh he's also married um oh, why, but she's like hey if you're be? gonna go after him that's fine and so they find out because the the person's like if we can change when someone dies based on when the app says it nullifies the app so they think they just have to survive and then it clicks in her head he downloaded downloaded the app and he's got 62 years to live if i kill him app's broken so she basically is like, I have to kill him, but I can't just like pull a gun and shoot him in front of everybody. I have to get him alone. And there's that abandoned wing of the hospital because there's asbestos. So 
she sees him uh, help her sister, and uh, he's touching her shoulder and stuff similarly, and it like triggers that. So what she does, she decides to do is she goes to his office. Uh, he's on the phone with his wife, and then she goes in there and uh, flirts with him to get him to come to the abandoned part for what he thinks is going to be hanky panky, but really it's going to be uh, panicky stabby. And <laughs> so she lures him there. Uh, she leaves her sweater on the ground and she says, close your eyes and play Marco Polo. Uh, and then she runs over and she starts beating dude with a crowbar. And I was like, wow, that's insanely brutal. Cause I mean, you don't like, you see people break their necks um and stuff like that in the movie uh the guy that fell down the stairs you see him break his neck and there's a pretty gruesome scene where she has to, like she's trying to figure out if his countdown app hit zero that he had on his phone and she like goes in the morgue and has to like try and get it to sign in and she like tries to do the thumb it doesn't work she realizes oh what if it's facial recognition his neck's really screwed up in this like it looks like it's been ringed um and she like uses the face thing and she's like well his eyes are closed and she pries his eyes open drops the phone. it's it's pretty gross and creepy um but so she so she's like uh beating the beating this doctor and it's pretty gruesome and then uh he she gets him pinned to the ground and he goes what's that and she goes it's morphine enough to kill you three times over you piece of crap and she goes to stick him with it and then she just gets like yanked like it's paranormal activity and thrown across the room and the doctor's like or the doctor, no, she doesn't yet. The doctor gets yanked and drug out. And so the app is trying, and her sister comes in, and she's like, don't kill him. And she goes, no, it's working. It's trying to save him. So she keeps trying to kill him, and her sister's uh, getting the notification, you have two minutes left to live. And she starts panicking because Bob's, like, uh, starting, to, starting to try and torture her. Um, and the sister's trying to kill uh, the evil, the bad doctor. The bad doctor starts fighting back. And then she gets yanked away from stabbing him, stabbing him with it, and she has a thought, and she runs and grabs a, a vial and a needle. And earlier in the movie, uh, there's a drug addict that comes in that's ODing, and they give her Narcan, just to introduce Narcan into this movie. Uh, so she's fighting with him, trying to kill the doctor, and the doctor's talking about like how he's gonna like claim it was self-defense, and. All of a sudden, she like she realizes she's running out of time. She can't chase the doctor because like as soon as she goes to stick him with the needle, like one of them's getting yanked away too far. So Bob's getting ready to kill the youngest sister, and there's like a minute left. And then the main character comes up, and she's got a needle. She's got the needle full of morphine, and she's got it like she's got the needle injected into her arm. And this is when I realized I'm turning into my dad. As I get older, I actually can't watch like needles go into people. Uh, my dad's like really squeamish. Like he can't watch someone like get like stuck with a needle in a movie or a documentary or a TV show. And I'm starting to become that way. Like, really? I don't like, I, I, I have a hard time watching it go into the skin, whether it's me personally, like when I give blood, uh, by the way, everyone give blood. It's important. Um, or, I don't, uh, remember, I don't remember you ever telling me that before. Oh yeah, dude. I do it like all the time. No, not the, not the blood part, the needle part. I knew the, I knew you do oh. blood all the time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing I'm starting, I'm starting to become that way. Um, so she sticks it in the demon or Bob becomes her mom and is trying to convince her not to do it. And then she ends up sticking herself and she realized, and she goes, I'll kill myself and, you know, 
uh, little sister safe. And then um, she does that. Bob explodes and the little sister's like, oh, no, she's dead. And the, her, her clock stopped with two seconds left. It's kind of like Hoosiers. Um, and <laughs> this, honestly, this movie's just like a really weird mishmash of a bunch of movies we already watched, Time Machines or not. Um, you mean it's a big pile of tropes of movies that did it better? What? <laughs> Dude, I didn't think Hoosiers would be refer- would be in this movie, but... Um, have you seen she, a Have you seen a movie with da- a clock before? The little before. sister goes over and she's like, "Oh no, my sister's dead!" And she like rolled and she's holding her and she rolls her over, and on her on her one arm, she just has the uh, word Narcan and a and it looks like a cigarette burn with a dot in the middle of it, in pen, and then she drops a vial, and she and then the sister checks one of her pockets and there's a, a syringe in there, so she gives her Narcan and the sister lives. Um. So, yay, they beat the app, and the movie, the movie's ending. Um, the main girl goes with her, her younger sister and dad to visit her mom's grave and put new flowers on it. And as they're leaving, the, the, the older sister's like, I gotta stop at the hospital real quick, and then I'll, I'll be over for dinner. Um, and the youngest sister is like, uh, uh, or she looks at her younger sister and goes, uh, can I go with you, or do you want to go with me? And they're like, yeah. And as they're walking, she gets a notification sound on her phone, and she pulls her phone out and looks, and it says, "Countdown two uh, software update 2.0 finished." And she just has the, oh my god, look. And then the credits roll. Dun dun dun. Again, my audience made that really generic, nothing creative or very little creative movie a blast to sit through. I know it was really long-winded. But it's got a lot of interesting things that it could have done. Like I said, it builds tension very well. The problem is its payoff is pretty weak and funny. I would much rather listen to you explain that again than actually see that movie. Now knowing what is in it, that movie sounds about as bad for my taste as I expected. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for taking that bullet. I hope to. Oh, I had a blast doing it. It's fine. Well, for you, it would have been for you. It's a beanbag. For me, it would have been an actual bullet that I would have had to have dug out of myself. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you do see the lighthouse, though, so we can have as detailed a conversation about that. Because. Yeah. uh, But yeah, I I intend to at some point uh, whenever I find time. So you said this was a single brownie for you, right? Yeah, sing, single brownie in terms of the movie, my viewing experience was great, and I would I would gladly go through it again. Um, but if so they were like, yeah, you're just gonna watch the movie, pass. It's not it's not that good. There's nothing really all that creative to the movie. Um, it's a gr- it's a great uh, crowd movie. If you've got a good crowd, it's gonna be a blast. If I'm and and you'll and you'll know if you got the crowd for it because if. If at the first part where some girl's going to die, if someone yells at the screen, you're going to know you got the kind of audience you need for this movie. You got people that are going to talk, are going to make it fun. Um, yeah, I I had a black, I had a much more fun time watching this movie than Black and Blue. Um, but my God, Tom Segura and the preacher guy are really the only like good things in this movie that like don't waste their opportunities. 
Well, at least there's that. Because I mean, if I yeah. do, if I do end up seeing it, which I sincerely doubt I ever will, but at least I'll have that to look forward to. Um, I might. After this comes out, I might recommend that me and you like get together and watch it so we can like enjoy the Tom Segura parts and make fun of it. Could but, we, could yeah, we just? It's... Well, hold on. How long is it? Only an hour and a half. It was actually a pretty quick sit. Okay, that makes it a little better. What's What's funny though is, is it feels like it's ending for forty five minutes. Yay! Another. Well, no, 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 no. What I don't, I don't mean like the ending feels long. What I mean is, the beginning goes by for a long, like, it feels like they figure out what they need to start wrapping up really quick, and then, if and then the ending actually is like almost half the movie. That sounds very well paced and balanced. <laughs> oh, it's not at all. Uh, honestly, I can't wait to hear if Tom Segura actually sees this movie and if he starts making fun of it on your mom's house. I was surprised that we didn't hear that much yet. But yeah, uh, this is not the Your Mom's House Recap podcast. So, um, I mean, is we there anything else? We wouldn't be able to have a clean rating if it was. <laughs> is there anything else you want to add to it? Or was that more or less like... Um, no, the only other thing that really stood out, and we talked about it off mic, I got a, a Star Wars trailer before this, Shocker, it's a movie, and, uh, what's weird is it was the second teaser that came out, it's not the one that came out this week, like, it started playing, and I just went, dude, seriously? Why not the new one? I've only seen the new one once. I, interesting, I, I, I saw the sizzle trailer before oh i don't even remember what movie it was now but black and blue no it wasn't black house oh not black and blue oh lucy it was lucy i saw it before lucy that's it oh um but then um did i see any trailer that really stood out to me before lighthouse um i saw the uncut gem trailers again or uncut gems trailer again and i'm super Mm. excited for that movie it looks really good you remember you remember that the Adam Sandler movie? Uncut Gems. Is that the one about the sports gambling? Yeah, it's about sports gambling and the guy I think he owns or is a frequent patron at that pawn shop. Uh no, I've seen that movie once, yeah. Or that trailer once, yeah. Uh I'm so- Do you know um I listened to uh the Pat McAfee show this week. Do you know Tim Donahue's getting his own movie? No. I... That that NBA ref that got uh, arrested for shaving points. Oh, I was gonna. Okay, I know that story. I just didn't know that name. Yeah, he's getting he's getting his own movie apparently. Interesting. Which I would be interested to see. Apparently, Will Sasso's in it uh, in a serious role, and Tim Donnie's like his acting's actually really good. Huh. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. That actually so does sound I, really I good. I think that I think that really kind of like. This movie, that movie, a lot of what Adam Sandler's done uh, kind of drives the point home. Put comedians in non-comedic like movies, they'll stand out. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've preached it to you before. Like, go watch Adam in Punch Drunk Love. That's ar- arguably, like, the best film that he's... What's the, what's the one about um, where his family died in 9-11? Oh, uh, um, not Lean on Me. Um, uh... Yeah, Lean on Me. Was, was that what it was called? I think so. Or Stand On Me or Stand By Me or something? Not <laughs> Stand On Me. <laughs> um, 
No, I know. I know. Yeah, I think. I think about. it was Lean on Me. Um, I think it was, but um, if... um, but yeah, I've seen. Dude, he, he's really good in that one too. Yeah, apparently he's uh, apparently he's going to be fighting with Joaquin Phoenix for best actor for Uncut Gems, but. Um, nice. But yeah, that's neither here nor there, and this segment has gone on pretty far, so I vote. What's funny? What's funny is when we start recording this, Dan's like, "Yeah, we'll knock this out pretty quick." Seventy minutes later. Yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. So. And just wait. This was this was for a movie that for movies that uh, only one of us saw. Yeah, let's. Um, we're gonna take a very brief break and then. Uh, we will be back to talk about the one movie we did see together, Black and Blue. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We only saw one film in theaters this week, and it is the cop thriller Black and Blue it comes to us courtesy of Dion Taylor, who uh, was the director of Traffic from two years ago, and he also directed uh, The Intruder that came out earlier this year. That was the a Dennis... movie we purposely skipped. Yeah, that was the Dennis Quaid uh, break-in film uh, that we <laughs> we definitely did not go out of our way for for the show, but he did find a way to sneak into our lives anyway uh, with this film. So and it's written, for that. it's written by Peter A. Uh, Dowling, who whose most famous script that I see on here is uh, he was a writer on Flight Plan. And uh, right now he's also a writer on this uh, Transformers TV show, Transformers uh, Rescue Bots Academy. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what channel that's on, but outside of those two titles, there's probably really like nothing... a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, remember how they had like Fox Kids and whatever channel two was that had like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon on it. Yeah. Um, he also wrote a Samuel L. Jackson film, reasonable doubt, but I haven't seen that. I don't know if you have, uh, I'm disappointed. It doesn't involve the word, uh, MF, the Samuel Jackson's favorite catchphrase MF or on, a on the title. <laughs> All right. So you've definitely not seen it either. I haven't either, but, um, but yeah, black and blue, uh, it stars, uh, Naomi Harris, uh, who was nominated for an Academy Award for Moonlight. Um, this also stars... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It stars uh, Mike Coulter from uh, Luke Cage on Netflix. Uh, Frank Grillo is uh, the main villain of the film. He's the main corrupt cop. Uh, or the well, only gang- good thing in the movie. Well, gang- uh, gangster, corrupt cop, I don't... Was he a was he a corrupt cop or was he just a gangster working he with was, the one guy? He was a uh, like an undercover, uh, uh, not a narc, um, like an undercover drug agent. So like he was uh, oh, okay. like like he he pretended to be like uh, a buyer or a seller in like sting operations essentially. Okay, I I, I understood that he was. Um, they like, don't make it very clear when he's introduced in the movie though. Yeah, I understand. Because he's he's one of the guys, like, when she's going to have the night shift, he's one of the guys that, like, the partner's talking to in, like, the break room, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. But she says, are they narcs and informants? And I think the guy doesn't really say anything about it. And then they leave the room. And then you see him later in the movie. And it's like, wait, is he a cop? Is he a gang leader? And then the movie gets, like, 
way into it and then you find out he's a cop yeah that's one thing i wanted to mention is that um i'm not talking about james moses black uh that's officer brown that she's partnered with when she stumbles upon this little issue um frank rillo the other guy (laughs) little issue yeah um this also starts a pr person for for a police department yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've got a little issue uh your cops are lighting people on fire during traffic stops a little issue uh we got a code little issue going on here um (laughs) um but then davis what are you doing (laughs) the other star of this film uh tyree uh obviously you'll recognize him from the fast and furious films he is Uh, sleepwalking as hell through this movie yeah i i know he's not a good actor but like one of his first line deliveries i was like wow he's trying less than when he is in fast and furious movies well he's i mean well here i'll I'll get it well i'll do my quick little hot take um because again like some of the movies that we've had you had a more fiery hot take than i did so i'll just say mine real quick um i I definitely don't like this movie either. Um, on our on our scale, um, a masterpiece, if not one of the best films of the year, is a full pan of brownies with sprinkles on top. A pretty good film is a full pan of brownies. A so-so 50-50 is a half pan of brownies. Um, a pretty bad overall film is a single brownie. And one of the worst films of the year, if not just pretty just unwatchable overall, is a... Uh, is a movie so bad that it doesn't get brownies, it gets a raisin cookie. Um, I'm going to give this film a single brownie. I don't, I don't think it's raisin cookie bad in my opinion, like um, for very minute reasons. Like I, I think some of the scenes are actually shot kind of well, like action wise, but outside of that, like it's not even the whole film. It's like a couple isolated moments. And I do think Naomi Harris does, the most that she can with her performance. She's she's probably the only really good actor in this film. You don't um, like Jason Grillo? I thought he his character is why I his don't. His character was dumb, but I believed him. He's he's fine, I guess. I like Naomi a little more. Like I I could believe and buy in and feel a little worse for her more than I felt like angry or like really like compelled in that way a villain is just like oh i hope something bad happens to him i just i don't know he came off a little too generic to me like um and then everyone else like you said was kind of sleepwalking through it like i was really disappointed that mike didn't have that much else to do even though he does have that big reveal that we'll talk about in the spoiler section um oh there there was one other actor too i almost completely forgot about um kind of how you were obsessed with um tom segura in countdown um, I was very excited that, um, oh, it was this guy that was in Veep. Um, his name is not up here at the top of the cast for some reason. Um, it was his, it was her, her actual, original partner. Yeah. Her original partner. Oh man. Oh, Reed, I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, Reed, Reed Scott. He's meeting. Yeah. He was funny. I love, I well, lo- well, he was funny in certain points, but he, he did pretty, he did pretty well. I don't love Reed Scott in this film, kind of like I don't like love anybody in this film, but it was just – I always am happy when I see him in something just because I adored him in Veep, and Veep's one of the funniest shows like I've seen in my lifetime. It was – rest in peace. I'm so sad that show's gone now. But um, <laughs> um, th- th- overall, the film itself, like I was saying, I, I don't really love any of the actors in it. The action is okay here and there. I just – 
really am bugged that um, that this film can't take advantage of anything or really tell anything that particularly compelling or thoughtful. Like, Dion clearly has an idea that he wanted to do with the story from Peter. Um, it's a movie that wants to do, like, the corrupt cop story that, like, we've seen in tons of other films, like Training Day and... Uh, uh, oh, there's. I mean, there's tons of corrupt cop films out there. Funny but is this movie reminded me a lot of Training Day, but they reveal it's her third week on the force. I'm like, why? Why is she acting like it's her first time seeing anything in the city? That's. Oh, I, I mean, we can we can get. <laughs> we'll get through the spoiler section, but that part's really stupid. I don't. I don't understand how that aspect of her character like she's been to war but she has very little understanding of like what it was like she does not clear corners well at all no it it that doesn't make any sense to me that like she's so naive when it comes to just being on the she streets in america in she's, Afghanistan. she's she's so naive at, on the home front but apparently she could serve two tours and be a complete beast in afghanistan that doesn't make any sense to me but yeah. this movie like it wants to be like you're kind of your kind of standard corrupt cop, like kind of nineties, uh, dark action thriller, but it also has these, this opportunity, it has this opportunity and these thoughts about like some sort of like social commentary about like, uh, race relations with the police. And, um, it doesn't really eloquently make a stance on anything. Like it kind of just uses the cynical point of view that kind of dabbles in it a little bit, but doesn't really say anything that interesting or important. And I guess we are two white guys talking about a movie about cop relationships with the African-American community. I'm not going to say... We are purposely treading lightly on it because we understand we are not qualified to really discuss it in a super in-depth manner. No, and I just, from my own personal point of view, I think that that is an interesting way to approach a movie, and I think you can make some compelling movies about that. Like, um, honestly, The Hate You Give. I watched that on HBO a couple months ago, and The the Hate You Give would have made my top 10 of the year for 2018 if I saw it in 2018. But if you want a movie about cop relations, watch that movie. It is so much better than this movie. Like, if this movie just kind of stuck to its guns and was just like a straightforward B action movie. It would have been great. But this movie like thinks it's saying a lot, but doesn't actually say anything worthwhile and doesn't do the cop movie that well either. Like it just has a lot on its mind and says it very dark and cynically. And the world is such a bad and nasty place right now. And the only good in this world is this black female cop that, is the moral compass in this otherwise disgusting world. And, like, there's nothing remotely compelling about it. The thing that's funny is they paint everything so black and white that when they're like, well, she's she's the the gray. She's the the one that just wants to help everybody. And she just wants to – or no, she's not the gray. She's the the good one. She wants to do everything. And everyone else is bad. There's no gray, and there's a gray to – pretty much every situation in life it's this yeah, movie is not this movie this movie is like this movie's like a d student that got an a plus on one test and then suddenly thought it was smart and it's not it's just too dumb to really convey its point yeah it doesn't 
it has a lot on its mind, but it's not saying any of it very well. Like I yeah, that's probably the that's probably a better way to put it. But mine was more creative. Yeah, for a for a movie <laughs> for a movie that's got a fairly thoughtful title that is selling a exploration into some pretty gray areas in something really serious. Honestly, I think the title's the most creative thing in the movie. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't have anything particularly insightful to add to something that's actually pretty serious in the world. And then on top of that, it's just not a really thrilling cop movie either. Like it just kind of fails on all fronts. Um, So, I mean, that's why I'm giving it like, again, outside of a couple scenes that are shot actually kind of well, it's just kind of a wasted opportunity for all this actually pretty good talent all around. Um, What's your kind of hot take on it? If you have anything to add, um, I give this a cookie. Um, the only thing I really enjoyed in my theater was I went with uh, two things. I went with Kelsey, so like we were mo- making fun of the movie back and forth uh, to each other. But also, some I don't remember who or which death scene it is, but there is a person that gets killed in this movie, and some guy just goes, "Ooh, night, night." I was like, <laughs> like <laughs> "Thank you for that." Um, I really, I really dislike this movie. Um, I do find it very socially, and this is like, I'll say it once because I don't want to seem like I'm on a soapbox or anything, but I I do find this movie very socially irresponsible. Um, if this movie came out um, in like 2013, 2014, um, it would have, I, I actually would have had a much bigger issue with it. Um, as you guys know, big st louis fan i'm over there a lot um i i saw the ferguson stuff pretty close um and then it seemed like every week there was something about uh race relations with cops like every day it seemed like there was something new um we've moved on from that now it seems like every day there's like a mass shooting or something um or some crazy thing that Trump did. So this this subject's not really in the news as much as it used to be. Um, granted, it has with whatever the recent uh, verdict was on that one lady that uh, went into the wrong apartment in Texas, but or maybe it wasn't Texas, but uh, she went into the wrong apartment and uh, killed a guy thinking that he was an intruder in her apartment. But you know, it's it's not as prevalent in the like forefront of the media as it was like three four years ago. And if this movie did come out uh, three to four years ago, I think it would have been uh, much more socially irresponsible. Uh, because I mean, dude, one of the, one of the first shots in the movie is where she's jogging and cops like just start yelling at her because she's an African American woman jogging through a nicer neighborhood. And they check her ID and find out she's a find out she's a cop. And the one guy's like, "You need to stop doing this before that." And then he finds out he's she's a cop. And then it looks at the guy that's like got her pinned up against the fence. He's like, "Oh, you must be new." I was like, and "It's like, see, he didn't even say sorry." It's like, guys, it's it. I found this movie to really be pushing that. It's not to say that hard. Not to say that that doesn't not happen, but. It's in general, like, for the sake of, like, entertainment and for the sake of, like, a message that it's trying to say, like, we obviously are never, like, going to understand what it would be like to... Yeah, we, we, like I said, we're not super qualified to discuss race relations, but I'm just, I'm just saying I found this movie 
to really push that super hard and it doesn't highlight the good that police officers really do. Well, I so, mean, and, and that's clearly not like the point of this movie. This movie wanted to tell a corrupt cop story. Yeah, but and sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. But it, but it's it's just the time frame that it, this is coming out. Like, yes, we're removed. We're further removed from that. But like three, five years ago, like this, this subject wouldn't go away. So it just seems like I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't like the message that it's the message it's trying to push with the time frame that we're in, I think is a bad idea. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my piece on that. Um, but ta- excluding all of that, this movie is a really terrible movie. Um, none of the acting performances are really all that great, except for like, I like Jason Grillo in it, but his character is really bad, but he is very convincing in his portrayal of the character. Um, <laughs> I mean, eh. uh, the he's, cars, a, he's okay. I guess the cars are great in the movie. Um, but I did, I did think several times throughout the movie. I was like, I wonder if either of these Chevy, like the Chevy muscle cars they have, the Camaro and the Chevelle. I wonder if it was the one from, uh, um, uh, the other guys, the one that either oh. crashes into the bus or is the the uh, hybrid or whatever one they have at the end of the movie. These are these are both from Sony, so maybe maybe it's just a car that they just own and have like yeah, because a... because one of the paint jobs looked familiar. Um, but it's it's a really kind of lazy story. Tyrese's acting, I I really never thought he could get worse than what I'd seen him in. I don't know what uh, house he was trying to pay off, what kid he was trying to make sure it was paid to go through college um dude didn't give a damn about his his uh time on screen in this movie i i um, can see i can see what he read like this very meek very defeated like and it really like drives it home like um in the scene where um i mean we can it's probably a spoiler but um in the scene where the cops come to his store and they still frisk him Again, anyway. they're portraying the cops as the – like, the, that's kind of my big problem with the way that this movie portrays the race relations is it act, it tries to show the cops as a gang. It's like, well, that's – They're not. Uh, well, hold on. Let's – hold on. Reemphasize. You said, you said a cookie, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm still just a single brownie on it. I just was more bored than anything. Um, yeah. So – Everything else that I personally want to talk to you about, I want to go ahead and just like put the spoiler sign up just in case anyone thinks it is. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, go ahead and check the timestamp for um, the next segment if you don't want to hear anything more about Black and Blue, since neither of us really liked it. And if that's all you want, that's all you're going to get. So, spoilers from here on out. Um, that specific scene though that I'm talking about, like, I get what. Tyrese was supp- is supposed to be doing with his character. I get that he's the super meek, super defeated. Like he's so beaten down by um, the cops. But you, it, don't forget the context of the film is that the cops have become so corrupted that they kind of are like their own gang. Like that's their caricatures. Like in cooperation with. Um, becoming a part of this own underground thing where like that's how they're making this extra money on the side because like apparently they aren't making any money or enough money in this 
I, was it supposed to be post-Katrina? Like, cause it yeah, felt- they, they, mentioned, they mentioned Katrina several times because it, it's in New Orleans. They mentioned Katrina multiple times, especially when they're like showing her around the town on her first day. So th- was this supposed to be post-Katrina like 2006, 2007? Because it wasn't clear to no, me it, if this was – No, it's post-Katrina New Orleans now. Okay, like is because uh, I, I mean one you can see the phones, but also like New Orleans, like the the city, like the downtown part recovered. Dude, this like I want to say the suburbs, but I feel like that's not the right word. But like the the housing part of it, the never proj- is projects. still not really recovered from it. Like so, like this project New, or- area. New Orleans really like got hammered really hard and it's it's coming back it really is but it's it's it is still pretty desolate so i I will say this i do like the location i i like that it's new orleans because at least they're not like oh it's uh it's like a bad part of new york or like it's a bad part of chicago i do like that they're like hey it's new orleans the city had a the city did have an issue with crime and poverty before and then this one thing that no one could control because it was a natural disaster came in and just really screwed everything up. Well that's okay, well then that just adds more to my criticism about just like how insanely ridiculously cynical this film is. Like yeah. I it's it's almost like cartoonish. And that really undermines any attempt at, like, kind of useful or worthwhile social commentary this film wants to try and say. Like, it's a – again, it's a decent idea to, like, go with, but it's executed so lazily. Like, there's no – I don't know. There's – in the hands of a better – in the hands of a more thoughtful director, this could have worked. Yeah. Like – because um, honestly, that's kind of what I think um, Twenty One Bridges is going to be. Is this movie just from a better director in a smarter creative mind? Well, that's more of a straightforward crime. Like it doesn't seem like there's any kind of social commentary <laughs> under it. Like maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see when we get there. But like right now, it just seems well, like because, a pretty well, straightforward. Because the the reason I say that is like in the trailer, they have the one where like it's the African American guy and. He's like, I didn't kill no cops and like things like, like I, I don't know. I kind of get that. For, I kind of get it from that part in that trailer. But yeah, this this movie's just not the movie wants to say something. It really it clearly really wants to say something. It's just like it's it's pand- it's pandering. It's very pandering. It's pain. It, I, I don't want to say something. I was I, I hesitate to say something that I feel now is probably about as about more maybe more reckless than what the film was, but like because it's not really doing any kind of fear mongering. It's just taking a very over exaggerated version of a yeah, real life. That's, and that's and that's what I find like it's, so it, irresponsible about. It. It's like man, you are really like exaggerating. Yeah, several things in this movie. Not, but again, not to say that it doesn't that things like this don't exist or don't happen. It's just using that as like, exactly, yeah. It's it's like a clickbaity approach to it's, like it's make taking, you think you're learning like something. Worse, it's like taking worst case scenarios, ramping them up to like a million, and then saying this is the standard. Yeah, but I mean, if we want to like, 
add some some sort of positive notes to this. I do also like the cars. Um, I don't care about the cars <laughs> in this film. I I do kind of like that the crux of this film is the fact that this was recorded on a body cam. Like I actually. I actually... I really like that aspect of this film that like um, I had I had an interesting thought because of that. I actually was like, what if this movie was a found footage movie strictly from her body cam? Oh, uh, we do have a movie literally shot like that called End oh, of Watch. It, yeah. What? End of Watch with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena and it's phenomenal. It's a fantastic movie. Oh, I didn't know that. That sounds <gasps> interesting. We should see if Into Watch can be thrown into the time machine, because um, I do love that movie, and it's from um, oh I can't remember the director's name. I, I think Michael Fuqua uh, directed that film, oh, and uh, the director. Uh, Michael hold on. Fuqua. Uh, no, hold on. I'm gonna pull it up because sounds like uh, that episode of SpongeBob. Sounds like a lot of hoopla. <laughs> hoopla. <laughs> no, he um, not to stay too far off of what we were talking about oh david Ayer. no um okay hold on hold on yes it's david Ayer. yes he was the director of suicide squad but oh my god no 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 no. trust me (laughs) end of watch is actually a pretty phenomenal movie it's all through the point of view of either like personal camcorders or dash cams or body cams and it's an actually pretty compelling story about these two cops who are partners with each other in L.A. Oh. Like, this movie was why I was excited that David Ayer was doing Suicide Squad until we actually got Suicide Squad and it ended up being a piece of crap. <laughs> so, but no, we should, um, if we want to cleanse our palate with a good cop movie, we should definitely watch that or Training Day. Or the other guys. Um, <laughs> I actually, so I have a question, and I don't, and it... I don't know if you will be able to answer this question because I don't know if you've really, like, seen much of this rapper or, like, know much about him. Um, the – I can't remember his name, but it's, like, the head uh, African-American gang leader. Uh, the guy with the beard and, and all the chains and the shaved head. That's the – that's Mike Coulter from Luke Cage. Okay. Um, so that character, I was – uh, watching it, I was like, I'm kind of surprised they didn't approach uh, 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 Rick Ross for that role. Because honestly, like watching it, I was like, that kind of looks like a Rick Ross role. He kind of just looked like Rick Ross. I don't. <laughs> I mean, less overweight, but yeah. Yeah, that's funny that you. I know. I never really thought about that. No, I don't listen to Rick Ross that I, much. But I thought about it almost every like. So like every time he'd like walk into walk into shot when he came in like to do a scene, th- I thought of that. I felt really weird thinking that almost every time he showed up. That's funny that you say. <laughs> that's funny that you say that. Like now that I'm th- now that you got me thinking about it, I'm looking at a because I still have the page up. I'm looking at a photo. It, it looks of like he's doing a Rick Ross impression. He's got a shaved head. He's a really big guy. He's got he's got the same kind of beard. He's got a bunch of he's got a bunch of gold chains on. He doesn't like wearing a shirt all that much. Um. And he's supposed to be like this kingpin scary guy. And I was like, dude, that's just Rick Ross, just minus like 80 pounds. Yeah. I can see why he got casted in this, though, like, because he can be he's like... intimidating. He, he, I will say this. He's a very intimidating man. Oh, dude, he was perfect as Luke Cage, if you ever saw that. Um, nope. Did you, hold on. Did you watch any of the Netflix shows now you got me thinking about it? Uh, not really. You didn't even watch Daredevil? No. 
Oh, wow. Well, they're all canceled now, so you have plenty plenty of time to binge watch them without worrying about something new happening. Um, <laughs> except Iron Fist. Don't watch Iron Fist. That show's garbage. <laughs> um, but no, um, I'm just trying to... Th- I mean, what... Um, I mean, is it worth doing, like, a plot breakdown of this, like, no. out, outside of, like... Absolutely not. She... Okay, so she's a new cop. Essentially, essentially, she's a new cop. She ends up pulling a double. She goes with this one cop uh, who is a corrupt cop. She witnesses him watch uh, two youth be murdered. Um, well, two, like, street then, dealers. Like, two yeah, lower-level street dealers. two drug dealers. And then two of the narcs that we saw earlier... Or two of the people that she asked if they were narcs earlier are in the room. One of the, the one guy's like, "Hey, it's not what this seems," and then the one guy charges at her and starts shooting her. She has a body cam, and now they have to get the body cam off of her, and it's her struggle to stay alive. And she's realizing she can't trust the police, and then the community uh, doesn't trust her because she's a cop, even though she's African American, and it's it's her struggle to to get the truth out. Yeah. Did you know? I did notice one thing. This movie actually had false advertising in the one trailer we saw for it. In what way? You remember how in the trailer they said, we have 12 hours bef- uh, to get this uploaded before it's gone forever? Oh, yeah. Those, That's those, nowhere to be seen in this movie. Those artificial stakes were definitely not addressed in the trailer or in the actual movie at all. Like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what are they going to bring up the 12 hour thing? That's interesting. And yeah. Then, and then it starts wrapping up and I was like, are we just not going to address the 12 hour thing? Did you lie in your t- one trailer? Well, the fact that, like, if I don't get this camera to the, like, if I don't, do- if I can not get shot, like, that's the only thing stopping this from getting leaked is I just can't. That's pretty, that's pretty good stakes in itself, just like. Yes, yes, it is. But I'm just saying, like, the 12-hour thing, I was like, what? what? Wow, that is where really, did that go? That is really funny. They just added that into the trailer for just, like, to make it even more suspenseful unnecessarily. Like, <laughs> I, I liked, um, one th- speaking of something towards the end of the movie, I liked that when they, when she, like, kind of turns herself into the African-American gang. Were they the were they the nine nines or was that a competing game that they didn't like? Uh, wait, say that one more time. Was the African American gang the nine nines or was that a competing gang that they didn't like? I remember I, it being mentioned, but I didn't think it was them. I think that was a competing gang. Okay, so like the turns, way that she, the way that they were talking about them, like in their safe houses. Like I feel yeah. like that was just a competing gang. Okay, so she turns herself into the African American gang, and she's like. She doesn't bring the body cam. She goes, I left it. She's like, I have everything on body cam. I didn't kill Zero because they, they try blaming her for killing killing uh, uh, one of the kids. And one of the kids is this uh, head of the gang's like nephew. Yeah, it was – super upset about it. Yeah, it was Luke Cage's nephew. Yeah. So uh, she doesn't take the body cam with her, which I, I never really understood that. Like you could still just wear the body cam. Um. But she hides it. Well, they go find it. They bring it back. Well, it was, it was it was leveraged to keep herself alive because only she knew where the camera was. Okay, now I get that. Yeah, because if they killed her, then nobody knows where the camera is. Yeah. So she's like, I got, a body, I got it on body cam. I didn't do it. It was Malone. And, uh, oh, now I remember what the kill was where the guy said night-night. It was when Malone killed the Rick Ross guy. Um he gets shot. He goes, "Ooh, night, night." And I was like, "Thanks, man." <laughs> um, so I like that. Like when they first get that, uh, they establish the one younger kid likes playing video games, and she's like, "I got on all on body cam," 
And uh, they go get it, and they go, how are we going to get it off there? And he goes, it's probably encrypted. And he looks at the kid that likes playing video games. He goes, you play video games all day. Figure out how to crack it. And I was like, why do you just assume because he plays video games he's like a whiz with computers? But for the sake of the movie, he is. Yeah, like, like that's just – But I, I like how they get, they have video evidence of the guy get shot and the one girl – like they're all like, oh my god, she was telling the truth. And then like the one girl who just has a vendetta out for her because she feels like she abandoned her when she joined the army or something because they used to like get in trouble as kids together and then she went and joined the army. But the one, the one girl that's in the gang, she goes – well, that doesn't mean she – like, yeah, it shows that she's not the one that killed him, but maybe she had something to do with it. And I was like, why would they shoot her if she had something to do with it? And why would the other cop be so outraged that she showed up and didn't stay in the car? Well, she obviously didn't think about that. Like, she just is clearly just so petty that she made a – that she made a life for herself as a cop and a veteran, and, like, she ended up just staying in well, the – in, a, in another in another movie, if it was written any smarter, that character blindly not trusting cops, even with the evidence in front of her face, could have been done well. Well, she still ended up saving the day. Like, I'm not saying that your your criticism is wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, they did eventually, like, okay, she's now got to save the day. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I find that funny. They're like, hey, you, you play video games. You're good with computers. That that That's not a – that doesn't correlate at all. Oh, that's not a causation. That's a correlation. Yeah. Um, it's just rewinding just briefly, like, uh, the one scene that I was saying that, like, I actually thought was actually kind of compelling, like, in terms of, like, how it was shot. Like, actually I have was, a lot of issues with the way th- certain things were shot and edited for this movie. I was, I was actually kind of uh, really into the movie, like, that very first chase where she sees the cop car and she's like, hey, I've been shot. And then the guy in the car is just like, we got her. And then yeah, he like, doesn't know that she's on the secret channel. Um, yeah. But my, pro- my problem is I actually honest- with a lot of the action. Yeah. Um, dude, I couldn't see hardly anything going on because of the shaky cam in, in pretty much most of the action scenes in this movie. I didn't have that big of an – I mean, it, yeah, it was, but like it was – Also, a lot of the editing was kind of ridiculous. I didn't have that big an issue with it. Like I – like I said, I like that chase sequence like a lot. Like I thought that was actually kind of exciting. Like, and it's a shame that the movie peaked there. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 fairly boilerplate. Like I've seen movies where the shaking is a lot worse. Like, um, oh, I mean, it wasn't as impossible to see what was going on as uh, uh, Angel has fallen. Not yeah, but what's the other one? Alien Captain Chicago State. movie. I keep, why do I keep forgetting this? I hated this movie. Captive State. Captive State. Thank you. Yeah, it wasn't as impossible to see as those two movies, but I still had a hard time seeing a lot. Yeah, I was. I yeah, I agree that Angel. I mean, it's shaky cam is shaky cam. It's it just depends on how good the camera operator is. But yeah, this does look better than Angel's Fallen in Captive State at least. But it's it's I don't know, like just cop cop bang bang like shooty shooty like those like you can only be so creative with like how you stage those like gunplay and it's not it's just unmemorable like outside of the oh yeah it's very unmemorable outside of the again like credit credit is due like i did actually really like that twist even though it was in the trailer of just like oh my god it's every cop and like this movie this movie spoiled every twist and turn except for they were gonna try and pin her for the murder it spoils every twist and turn that this no, movie they, can take they in tried, the trailer. 
they spoiled that they were going to pin her like in the part of the trailer where everyone's phone goes off. The only thing that oh okay yeah okay then yeah they 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 spoiled every twist and turn I forgot about that part of the trailer no the only twist that they didn't reveal was that it was uh, Mike Coulter's nephew outside of that they did spoil everything yeah but I mean it's a gang they they treat they treat everyone like family so I mean even even if it wasn't his nephew it's like yeah they'd probably still be super outraged that they killed someone from his gang but that's still not like but the fact that like that actually like gets luke cage on her side and she ends up helping her like obviously that's not revealed in the trailer like and that's and that's the last glimmer of like anything that was creative in the screenplay at least for me because the rest of the film is just like it like it's just really predictable and it's just really boring this is just a really boring cop film yeah this is a very generic like it just checks stuff off for an hour it's an thankfully it's only like an hour and 40 minutes yeah, um, it moves. It moves at a quick weird, pace, which is weird. It's an hour and forty minute movie, and it felt like I was there for two two hours and fifteen minutes. Specifically, two hours and fifteen minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> I was just like, it felt like I was there for over two hours, but not like two hours and thirty minutes. But it, dude, I like. No, I I thought it moved. I thought it moved fast enough. Like I didn't. I didn't feel like I was there for like. I, f- I felt like I was there for like right around that time, like a, a hair under two hours. It was really slow for me. Um i did i did like um when uh she gets in the truck and her partner her partner's in on it i uh i i did i did like the one part where like she handcuffs him to the wheel uh because like he can still drive the truck like you didn't you didn't immobilize him from driving the truck you just immobilized him from like getting out of the truck and then a couple scenes later so she handcuffs him using her handcuffs and then a couple scenes later, he gets out of the truck, and the handcuffs aren't on the steering wheel or his wrist. I'm like, how'd you get out of the handcuffs? That's called lazy script continuity. Yeah, I was like, like I leaned over to Kelsey, and I was like, weren't those her handcuffs? And she goes, Kelsey goes, yeah, how on earth is he doing this? It was so bad. I laughed through a lot of the movie because there's just so many dumb, bad things that happen in it. I'm not surprised that you found this movie hilarious too. Like, <laughs> I just, I was bored. Like, I didn't have really that big of an oh, emotional response bored, to anything, yeah. huh? I was immensely bored. I just was like, oh my god, they actually did this, and then, oh my god, they actually did that. Yeah, I just, honestly, like, I know usually. I know it's re- a short review. I got nothing else to say about this movie. Yeah, I, I, I know usually our reviews push like four. And I, I would apologize, but like. Well, no, this is like that's there's nothing really much else to say about this, this, this movie. This movie's trying to start a conversation and it completely fails in doing that. I that's is about as enthusiastic as we were watching this movie. And that's kind of all we have to say now. Um, just yeah. skip it. Don't waste don't waste your time. It, like, it tries it tries to be a political commentary and it, it fails at that. It's really it's got really poor movie making stuff in it. It's really generic and predictable. And the thing that's funny is I, I give it I give it our lowest rating. I don't think it's gonna be on my like bottom ten of the year because it's it's not really deserving of that. It just deserves to be forgotten. Yeah, I'm honestly like after I publish this episode, I will probably forget we even saw this movie by next week. Yeah. I just yeah, just a swing in the mist, just a a late fall 
a late fall forgettable film that uh it looked honestly it looked like they're like we have nowhere else to put this movie out this year and they just pushed it out now yeah just it's just one of those bump in the roads before we really get into like award season um yeah so yeah i mean that's our thoughts on black and blue and um yeah, I think that I think since we got through this pretty unscathed. Oh, by the uh, way, isn't this isn't the whoop whoop? That's the sound of the police song played in this movie. Um. Oh, it's the credits. Oh, I don't know. I left the second the credits started. Like, it's funny. I don't stay for the credits for movies anymore, but you stay through the literal every second of the credits. Like. <laughs> no, I Google it and see if there's a post credit scene. If there's not, I get up. Oh, okay. No, I just. But I, I, I wait to the end because every single time you do, it spoils the movie when you look it up on Google. So it's like, I don't want to have the ending spoiled. Oh, I, I, no, I just, I take the gamble. I don't care anymore unless it's a superhero film. I just, the second the trailers, the second the credits come up, like. Man, you should really watch the post credit scene for Countdown, though. I, if I ever actually watch that movie, which I probably won't, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, it's. I don't know who has a I don't know I don't know who has a deal with STX like in terms of like where it's going to be streaming first but yeah I I I'm probably going to watch that for the first time before I watch this a second time so <laughs> um but yeah that with that I think it's time for us to take one last break before we talk, jump into the time machine and we go to 2004 and watch the directorial debut of Mr. James Wan saw. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome to the time machine. Nick and I have just gotten out and we've stumbled into a grimy bathroom and we've been chained up to the walls and we have to figure a way out. Just kidding. That's not what happened to us, but that is what happened to the lead characters of our film, 2004's Saw. It is the directorial debut of James Wan, who has gone on to direct numerous well-regarded horror films, including starting the Conjuring franchise and Insidious franchise. This was brought to us uh, through a screenplay written by uh, himself and Lee Whannell who also broke out into the scene with this film as well. Uh, He's worked with James on numerous projects since this. Um, The film itself stars Lee, along with Carrie Ulis from uh, probably most likely known from The Princess Bride. This also has Danny Glover, Monica Porter, and Tobin Bell as the villainous Jigsaw. Nick having not seen this film before or at least it's been like a many 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 years since you saw this right like um i, I uh, looking back on it i think the only saws i ever saw was i remember one time i was like sick from school and i saw it on like comcast free movie thing i th- it was whatever one where the guy is walking around and his son's dead and the there's some lady that's like butt naked in like a freezer and there's water spraying on her. Oh, I and think that's the he's, and then his kid he has to like save a guy from drowning in like a giant tub of like ground up pig entrails by burning all of his kids' stuff or something. I think I saw that one. That's the third one. Because I remember the woman in the I've freezer. Seen, I, I've seen parts of the one that's inside the house where the one guy throws the girl in the pit of needles. Okay, that's the second one. 
and then I went in theaters, and I think I saw uh, the fourth one. Oh, I'm so sorry you wasted money on any of them after three, because... Well, I was in high school, so it probably wasn't my money. I was like a freshman or sophomore. My parents probably gave me money for the movie, so... <laughs> I, uh. I do I do say that when actually the only one I did see in theaters was Jigsaw, the, uh, the ninth one, I want to say, whichever one came out like two, three years ago, and... Um. It basically. I, I, sorry. I was gonna say the only thing I really knew about this movie going in was I knew that the thing that goes down the drain at the beginning is the key, and I also knew that the guy laying on the floor was Jigsaw. Other than that, I knew nothing about this movie going in, and I really liked it. Um, I give it uh, a full pan. Um, uh, no sprinkles because there's there's several things in it that if it was done if those things were corrected that would have been sprinkles uh, but this really kind of breaks down to like um it, like it, it's like buried except not as good um and also just gross i but, sorry what was that but i really like the um the mystery that's behind it I I agree. Like, I have a little bit more of a history with the Saw franchise. Um, I can't remember exactly when. I'm pretty sure I was in high school the first time I saw this one. And I immediately fell in love with it. I loved how grisly this was. How, no, not to, no pun with the production company, how twisted this movie was. This was something I never really saw before. Like, I never really saw any movie that, like, was so torturous to its main characters before. And I mean, I've seen more grisly since, and I mean, not to demote this film at all. Like I like how grounded this is compared to like how over the top, say like, uh, that's something that blew my mind is watching this one. I was like, wow, this is not about like the death traps at all. Yeah. We'll get into that. There's a lot of different topics I think are worth discussing with this film, but, um, I, um, looking at this now, like, this is probably, like, the fifth or sixth time I've seen this movie, um, just, uh, not this past Halloween, but, like, maybe two Halloweens ago, uh, when I was still in New York, all, uh, seven or eight of these films were on Netflix, and I watched all of them over two days, and... I think they're all on Hulu now. Yeah, they're all on Hulu now, um, so, actually, I think it was just last year, last Halloween, I watched all of them on Netflix, and, like, I watched one through four one night until, like, two in the morning, and then I watched five, six, seven, eight uh, the next day. And don't watch any of them after three. Like, three is the last one that's actually good, and even still, two and three aren't great. Um, but, four, <laughs> but, but four through the rest of them are all pretty lousy to downright sprinkles with crap on them instead of uh, raisins. Um, <laughs> um, but... Again, stri- strictly speaking about Saw, I, f- I found this ra- to be radically original. Um, the acting is not bad, but it's not great acting. Like, I've seen Carrie do The ba- acting is one of the main things that I have an issue with. Like, it's not horrendous. Yeah. Um, I don't mean that. I'm just saying, like, there's some there's a lot of times in it where it's like, you're holding back yeah, least... a little too much. So... I want to say Lee's that's, not terrible. That's a, that's a detractor for me from it, but like it's not like 
it's not like they're talking in a way that is not human. Um, it's just like, okay, it's dialed back a little. Yeah, I don't want to say, like, Lee's bad. Like, Lee's really not bad, given this is his first role ever. But Carrie, it's just like, really? We know you can do a little better, Carrie. Um, And then Danny's fine. Like, Danny's not bad, but, I mean, it's kind of... He kind of felt like he was just playing a cop. It didn't, I never really bought that. Like, he was, like, that cop that went deranged. Um, Really, the... Who, Donald Glover's character? Yeah, Danny Glover, yeah. Oh, Danny. Yeah, I can't believe he was in this movie. I I don't... He showed up. I was like, what are you doing here? Right. Um, really? Because one, one of the things, as soon as this movie started, at, that I texted Dan, is I was like, how independent was this movie? Because it screams pretty independent. It's... Yeah, this was made for like one and a half million dollars. Um, and I, got, I can talk more about that in a second, but I'll just wrap this up. Tobin Bell is awesome in this. Like... He's going to be typecasted and never be in anything else again, probably. But he's probably made enough money from these soft films that he probably doesn't have to worry about money. Or I'd be surprised if he didn't. Is he, uh, is he the is he Jigsaw? Yeah, Tobin Bell's Jigsaw. And he's been okay. Jigsaw in every one of these movies. Um, and he really is great. But um, aside from that, yeah, the acting is just kind of okay to, like, not that great. Like, um I really didn't like Monica Porter, the wife. Um, I love her in Parenthood, but she's honestly really bad in this. Yeah. Um, but no, overall as a whole, I I do think Saw's a pretty great movie. Like, I it's not it's it's very easy to it's very easy to get like uh, wrapped up in this film and really be invested in the mystery and like want to follow along and like um, or at least it was for me like and it's like you said it's not about the torture. It brought about torture porn, and we can talk about that here uh, next. But this, what's funny is, it brings about torture, the torture porn uh, craze that happened. But looking at it, it's really, it's not even really like torture. It's just gross. Yeah, it's not. A, it's a, it's a detective film that also spends a lot of time with these about to be victims, and that's really what it is. It's not about the elaborateness of the traps like all the other films like, are like it's it's like, like it's, it's a gross bathroom that he has to re- he for some reason when it happens i was like why didn't you reach in the back reservoir of the toilet first who would hide something in a toilet by putting it in a spot where it could get flushed by and then he reaches his hand and it's all the poop um, exactly yeah exactly but, but um i'll but, i'll surmise this I give it a full pan too. Um, yeah. If we talked about this like maybe a year ago, I would give it sprinkles. But I, for reevaluating re- it now for the show, I mean, it definitely has problems that like um, are going to take the sprinkles off of it. But I still, I'm still happy that James and Lee got a huge career out of this because this really was, especially for a debut film for the two of them, like they basically like hit a home run. Like, especially sure if you want to grave it on a first film curve. I whatever I no I'm very happy that this made a career for them because it really is a pretty great film and I like that um this will come out the week of Halloween like technically we got another horror film next week even though that'll be in November but uh for release purposes this being our Halloween episode quote unquote um no I'm glad we I'm glad we're taking the time to talk about this um so Nick what uh, what were you just about to say um but other than the poop, I mean, it, it's just like there's a bunch of blood. That's really it. I mean, it's 
there's i mean it's okay yeah there's some entrails at some point but like i don't know it's not really all that torturous and it's it's so weird to me that this franchise morphed from this into what it became like well there's still felt like it felt like this movie like influenced the saw franchise rather than like it is the saw franchise like it's almost like someone saw this and was like what if we ramped it up Absolutely. Like I what I would say is that somebody saw this as like a painting, like one of those paintings of like the depictions of hell. Um, I can't think of the uh, I have one in my head. Dante's Inferno. Sure. Like something like Dante's Inferno and didn't really read that much into it other than like, oh, my God, look at how bloody and disgusting, like what they're doing in all the levels. (laughs) And like they didn't it really took the wrong bullet points. Exactly. They took that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Darren Lynn Bosman was a director on most of the franchise after this. I feel like he saw James's film and was just like, you know what? Sex sells and gore sells. So I'm going to make this as gory as possible. Sure. I guess detectives will be in the movie still here and there, but they're only going to be on screen for like 10 minutes of the movie. And the rest is going to be 90 minutes of just blood and screaming and man it's just like it, it well, really also this really should not have been a series it's like I, many many I, franchises I didn't shouldn't have been know a series. anything further huh <laughs> i was saying many film franchises shouldn't have been a franchise like <laughs> well but for this one like i i i i really didn't think i needed to know anything more like i i think it's a really creepy ending to just think that the guy that did this just got away Absolutely. Absolutely. The the ending, the ending shot of this movie really works when he gets up and he says game over and slams the door and it cuts the credits and the guy's still screaming for like the first 15 seconds of the credits. It's a really disturbing thing. Oh, but I I didn't need to know anything after this. Charlie Clouser, the composer, his music, um, that specific track is called Hello Zep. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. <laughs> dude that specific track hello zep i that's one of my favorite little bits of film score i've ever heard just because i just always associate it to how shocking that ending is like did you say if it was like the thing that makes me mad is i knew that i knew that it was that guy before the end wait was it spoiled for you or ma- did you just guess it uh no it was, it was spoiled uh um, that's a shame so, Here's the thing, Cinema Sins. I I actually before the show didn't think there. I thought there's a lot of movies I'd never get around to seeing. So I watched. I've seen a lot of Cinema Sins countdowns for movies I've never seen. Okay. Um, no, that's okay. So that's, I won't be mad. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not I gonna watched, be mad at you then. I watched. I watched it, and the only thing I really remember from that one was that the key went down the drain, and that he was the guy on the floor. Other than that, I don't remember anything else from that Cinema Sins one but well there's no other um, really big there's nothing else that's remotely close to how shocking that both of those reveals are in that ending like i still remember the first time i saw it i actually screamed when when he got up but when i was watching this i was like okay do you really have any reason to think it would be the guy on the floor and it gets to that point i was like i have no reason to think it has anything to do with the guy laying on the floor dead oh i never i never did either like 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 i just said like um, but at the same time, it's not one of those ones where it's like, oh yeah, it's this guy just cuz like it, like once they reveal it, like okay, uh, it it works. Yeah, and like 
it's that slow-mo shot and the the moment in the score where it just gets quiet and like lingers a little bit slowly crescendoing and he pulls off the bullet wound and then it does that insane uh flash edit of the whole movie up to that point and then the key to that lock is in the bathtub and then he starts screaming and like oh my god i i still think that's one of my favorite endings to a, a horror film i've ever seen like uh i didn't want to talk about it so early but let's get it out i'll, I'll get it out of my system now i um yeah i just love that ending <laughs> it's it i like i like the way i like the way his voice sounds for that line too just game over like oh, it, his voice is so messed up that it sounds like he's yelling even though he clearly is not yelling I don't think if the ending was as powerful as that was, we would have got a franchise like this would have been one of those straight to DVD out of film festivals, like in Walmart for like five bucks. Like, yeah, I think I really do think the ending is why, because it's so dark and the villain wins. It's it's interesting that this start like this independent movie started uh, such a huge revolution Oh, well, this, maybe that's over exaggerating, but it didn't just start such a huge craze in uh, horror films that only gets surpassed when another independent movie does does that by making found footage super important. Yeah, it's really weird that like, like this this was our paranormal activity before paranormal activity. Yeah, it's really weird that like when you think about it. This was like the birth of like torture porn that kind of died out in the early 2010s, and then yeah. the found footage that was replaced by the birth of found footage, to which, which is now repla- to which which is now replaced by random possession, uh, film, uh, cinematic universe things. Well, it, it's super like, supernatural, supernatural slash possession slash spirits like. But but also Conjuring, where they have a universe. Like it's it's weird that well, it's it's encapsulated in the Conjuring universe. Like this is like that's yeah. another part of it is that like it's partly cinematic universe, but within that universe, like what's the main villain? It's some sort of spirit demon. Like that's where we are now. The devil. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that you know this kicks off a trend and the only time it gets replaced is by another movie that does something very similar in terms of the way it was made, uh, by being an independent horror movie that then that movie causes such a huge craze. And then it's only replaced by some, some kind of an other ambitious movie that starts another craze. Yeah. I I find, I find that, uh, pattern kind of interesting. Well, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I find that, I find that kind of weird. Well, I mean, if we, I mean, I, if we took the time to research a little bit, I mean, we can see tracking of patterns like in cinema yeah. itself. Like, it's not, it's not uncommon that like, it's a copycat game where like, one movie does really well, and then tons of movies that come out within the next year after that like are all trying to. I mean, you could just look at the superhero films. Like once Marvel got going with like the cinematic universe, like DC tried to do that, and then you brought it up, The Conjuring is doing a universe, and then. Yeah. Everybody wants to like have all their properties interconnected now. Like it's just one example, but um there was um I mean it's I can't think of another one offhand, but um did you ever watch like torture did you have you seen many other torture porn films besides this one? Uh this is gonna sound really bad. The only one that I've really seen was uh one of the hostile movies. 
Oh, I um, I hate those movies so much. But I didn't really see any of it. Um, my group of friends at college, I uh, I showed up while they were watching one, and I didn't see like any of the movie. The only thing I saw was some Asian girl that had her eyeball hanging out of socket, and then they cut it off or something. Oh my god! And then I was I, asked I was asked to leave the room because I started laughing really hard. Dude, I, it looks it looks so fake. I remember that specific scene. I think it was in the first one. And yeah, I one, I was already mad that the movie was just bad to begin with. But how yeah, how fake that was was just and made, yeah, I started laughing like so hard. It made my friends uncomfortable. Like, you need to go back to your room. We'll text you when this is over. And I was like, <laughs> I, I just looked at it. And I was like, Justin, can I have the key to your room? This is going to be over in 20 minutes. Yeah. I'll just go watch TV in your room. He's like, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. You laugh so hard at it. They kicked you out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with uh, not anytime soon, but if you want to watch Hostel for a time machine down nope. the road. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Okay, good. Because I don't want to watch that movie again either. Like one, That it's movie gr- sounded like crap. Well, one, it's gross for gross sake, which is really insulting to me, but... Two, it's also just terrible. I absolutely it started my vendetta against Eli Roth. Like I, I've yet to see a movie by Eli Roth. It's that Eli I like. Roth. You said enough. <laughs> well, okay, no. Before we get too far off the of saw, the Green Inferno is actually not that bad until the last fifteen minutes. Then the last fifteen minutes kind of ruin it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, back to Saw. Um, what did um. I don't know what what really stood out to you like more. What other things really stood out to you uh, while taking a look at this? Like, uh... I I mean, I, I, this is this is not going to be a ringing endorsement of the movie. But what real what I really liked was I liked I liked the mystery, and what I didn't like was the gross stuff. Um, so for me, I mean the mystery is what really stands out and nothing else really stands out, but also it's an independent movie. That's only an hour and 30 minutes long. It's kind of hard to have a bunch of stuff stick out in something like that. Well, it um, made, well, would you agree though, that it, it made the most out of its million dollar budget? Like, I mean, certainly some of the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I really do not want to sound like I'm ragging on this movie. I, th- I think it's really good. And I also think that, you know, for what it is, it's one of the better of what it is. It's an independent movie. You know, it's not got a lot of money behind it. It's really not going to have any star power behind it. It's not going to be able to have fantastic effects. So <laughs> all the to, all the shots, like clearly trying to hide his leg after he cuts his. Oh, foot my off. God. Yeah. Kelsey. Kelsey was watching it with me and I was like, his foot's still attached. She goes, no, it's not. I was like, I mean, I know in the movie it's not. But I mean, that towel clearly is just covering his foot. It's not just dragging behind him. Oh, all the deliberate, um, all the deliberately framed shots were like, even when the camera jerks, just like, oh, no, we only, we almost saw his foot. Like, <laughs> man, speaking, I mean, yeah, I, I, it really does a good job of that. But something I do want to criticize it for. Man, the editing in this uh, and the directing. Well, uh, you could, where, like you, they just like you didn't the like one the... lady where she's got like the the reverse bear trap on her head, and they're like they like they say it's on a timer, but they don't give her how much time, and she clearly just set the timer off. So now she's like, I'm gonna spend 20 seconds trying to yank this thing. I was like, you might only have 30 seconds to get that thing off your head, and you just wasted 20 of it. I mean. 
That's actually an that, interesting point. I didn't think about that. Like, he didn't tell her he, she had a minute. Like, I just assumed yeah, visually. Yeah, just like, it's on a timer. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed. Why are you wasting any amount of time doing <laughs> something you know you can't do? Yeah, I just assumed it was a minute because it was like a full circle. But yeah, that's actually a really interesting point that he did. <laughs> do you want... I know that she, I know that she like joins up with him at some point and like makes death traps that no one can escape. Like there's one, it's one of the ones I saw where like she like hooks one of those bear trap things into this woman's rib cage and the, there's no way the woman can get it off and it just like rips her ribs open. Oh, that's in the worst one. That's in the last film. Dude, you want to know what's so annoying in that last film? Uh, what? The blood is pink in that movie for some stupid reason. <laughs> I'm funny. I'm not kidding. Every time there's blood, it literally looks like a strawberry milkshake when somebody starts bleeding. I don't know why. Does it is so? Does the doctor from this ever show up in any other movies? Well, uh, well, CinemaSins ruined everything else for you, and clearly, listeners, this is. Uh, spoiler section. So. I'm asking for it, so I'm okay with having it ruined. Yeah, no. Because uh, I, I mean, I don't really want to watch any other ones. Um, just because I know, I do know, like from the ones I've seen, I was like, all right, this gets kind of dumb. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why I'm harking so much on this when clearly it doesn't matter for this segment of the show. I, I'm just yeah. saying, I, I don't really like want to see any of them. I mean, I might see them at some point, but I'm not going to go out of my way and like do everything I can to not have it spoiled. Yeah. I don't remember which specific one. I want to say it's after six. Um, I don't think it, it's after five or six, but yeah, it turns out that Carrie is the still alive and he's got a cane and like, he's also a pseudo, like part of the cult of jigsaw. Like it ends up being like a whole cult thing. Like, Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, he gets it's a so following st- for some reason. It's so stupid. I I hate the franchise after the third film. Like it becomes such a ridiculous, like cold blood CSI soap. Not quite universe, but like it becomes like so. It becomes like an annual like two hour soap opera event with all the acting is so terrible and the it's only about the gore, but like. It pretends like, hey, this is really a cop drama, but hey, look there, and like a bunch of blood squirts on the screen. Like, it's so, oh my god, it's awful. Plus, oh, since we're going to be ruining the rest of it, uh, Jigsaw actually dies after the third film. So, it's like the ghost of Jigsaw, along with all these other disciples of, like, the cult of Jigsaw, like, pulling the I remember st- one of the movies I saw, like, he has to have part of his skull drilled out and cut out or something. That's the fourth one. They do an autopsy on him in the fourth one. No, no, no. He's alive. He's complaining about the pressure in his brain. Okay, that's the third one. Yeah, the third one when he dies, he dies on an operating table, like, trying to help his brain tumor. Oh. Um, but yeah, like, oh my god, there's so much retconning in four, five, and six also. Like, oh hey, another tape. I thought Jigsaw was dead. If you're hearing this, I've died, but this trap is set in motion. Find another tape. You survived this, but now this is happening. Just like, oh my god, just let it go. Like, I. <laughs> 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 uh, sorry okay, to be so Heisenberg sorry to, of death. Sorry to sorry to harp so much on the rest of the franchise besides this film, but <laughs> this one's still good, guys. Please watch this one. Saw one is actually really good. <laughs> this one's good. Uh, here's the thing. I would be the one saying this one's not good. It's actually good. Yes. If, when, when Nick says it's good, you should definitely see it. When, when Nick <laughs> says it's good, it's actually good. When Dan says it's good, take it with a grain of salt. 
<laughs> sure. I, I take no insult of that. I <laughs> I know my tastes are very particular. Um, and wrong. Um, <laughs> what did uh, <laughs> what did uh, did you know? Did you ever watch Saw, or not Saw? Did you ever watch Lost? The show Lost. Yeah. Did you recognize that? Um, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Zep. Zep was in Lost. Uh, I never watched the show, but that doesn't mean I didn't see the commercials. Um, and I recognize that guy from from that. Yeah. I was surprised that like him and Carrie Ellis were like the two most famous people. Like, I mean, yeah, man, Danny Glover was in this. Well, oh, 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 sorry. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, what a good year for that actor, though, like to have Lost and Saw come out in the same year because Lost started in 2004 also. Like, yeah. There's no way, dude. I remember. Um, you remember in eighth? I think it was eighth grade when our middle school took a trip to Washington D.C. Uh, I remember going on that trip. I don't know what story you're going to talk about though. Well, it was on. You remember how we took like three different buses, like three different Greyhound buses? Uh, yeah. You, I don't, I don't know if you were on mine, so you may not have seen it, but there was some kid like. It's like a what 10 hour drive 13 hour drive from columbus indiana out to dc so yeah we drove through the night and you were allowed to pack like uh like if you wanted to bring your own dvd player and dvds to watch you could so this one kid did that and brought one of the saw movies on dvd but he ha- they had like the collector's edition box and it was the one that like had like uh a double uh, a double box in it so that they could have like fake blood in it right and so they had that and then someone's someone smashed it and like the fake blood started leaking all over their stuff and they got really they got really mad because i guess it like ruined the shirt or something (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember who it was i don't remember what got ruined i just remember that happened and i thought it was hilarious because i think it from what i remember it was some kid that i didn't really like oh that's awesome that's really funny I, <laughs> and in that kid's defense, I don't like most people, so uh, it, may, it may have been unfair for me to not like them, but I didn't like them, and they had their stuff ruined, so haha. I remember my – I think – I'm pretty sure it was this trip. Um, I remember being on a bus. I don't remember if it was the D.C. trip or the Chicago trip, but – oh, no, it had to have been D.C. because Chicago was in 05, and this movie we watched came out in 05, so – um, I remember we watched Poseidon, the the Kurt Russell remake of it. I remember watching oh that God. on the bus. I actually, I will say this: that needs to be a time machine because I remember, um, I remember when that movie came out. I was actually kind of interested in it, but my dad told me about when um, he was a kid. They would get TV Guide, and him and his friend, uh, the guy I'm actually named after, I think was was this person. Um, they got the TV guide and they liked like Mad Magazine and stuff and they would make fun of it. So they would like edit the show titles and Poseidon Adventure was showing on TV and they changed it to the Poopside Down Adventure. <laughs> That's awesome. So whenever that, whenever Poseidon Adventure was being advertised, um, my dad kept saying it's the Poopside Down Adventure. And so I really want to see that movie just to see what the poopside dad adventure is we've i've seen it pop up on just watch every now and then um yeah we could definitely throw it on the list 
um, even though we're set for the next two weeks. But um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, was there anything? Um, was there any of these deaths that like particularly shocked you? Like between like all the ones that uh, that we saw, like what was it like three or four deaths that we saw? Like, was there any one of them that stood out to you as like particularly shocking? Do you, when you count the deaths, do you count the guy that gets locked in the room at the end? Hold on, I don't th- say that one more time. So when you're counting the deaths, do you count the one of the guy that at the end of it has the door closed and it says "game over"? Well, I mean, we've already kind of established that that was like one of the best scenes in the film. Period. I I was thinking more like outside of that, like um, the detective that gets shotgun blasted or. Uh, the fact that Danny only dies from just a single shot, like while he's chasing down uh, Zep or any of the other, like oh, um, actually I do have one. The guy that gets lit on fire in the movie, that death stood out for how ridiculously hilarious of a scenario that was. <laughs> like when he's like, the combination to the lock is on this wall, and he just wrote every number on the wall. Yeah, it was like, like some, it was like something out. I was like, like, why are you getting up and looking? Why don't you just put in random numbers? Was it a, wasn't it a candle too that like he just just blow out the candle like? Yeah, it's like, be careful of the candle because you're covered in highly flammable liquids that make you slippery, and if you if you get any fire on it, you'll burn to death. Also. There's glass on the floor and you're naked for some reason. Bye. <laughs> he kidnapped the greased up depth guy from uh, from Family Guy. You're gonna catch me. <laughs> um, I I that one stood out to me just for the creativity of it. Where I was like, I'll give you this. You tried. Um, I mean, that's one of the weirdest things. And I I don't I don't know. I just thought it was the thing. It's so funny to me that he's like. The combinations on the wall, and you look around, and there's just like every digit from like one through uh, nine, including zero, on there. It's like, why wouldn't you just try turning the lock? Why did you actually get up? Yeah, I, I think for me, like the most shocking was, um, the fact that well, the way that Amanda got out of it, like, um, I was. You said death, though. Well, she killed that guy. Like, so I'm kind of, oh, yeah. I'm kind of doing a, kind of a cheat sort of like, just the fact that like, Amanda actually murdered someone somebody. died, but not the person you're talking about. Exactly, like that being the big twist that somebody did end up dying, and like, I'm, I don't know how they would have pulled it off budget wise if they did want to split her head open, <laughs> but, um, the fact that we watched her rip a guy's innards out and survived, like. I thought that was a pretty shocking twist in the film one, too. One thing I didn't know in this was uh, the so they've got the puppet on the unicycle or the I'm sorry the tricycle. I didn't know the puppet's mouth moved. Oh yeah, that that little puppet. I mean, it's not that well, but like that's like the the mascot that is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew I knew that. Um, I saw uh, death sentence, but what I'm getting at is <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that the mouth moved. Yeah, I thought that was a I thought that was a neat little detail. Yeah, um, that's funny. I have actually have my own jigsaw mask here somewhere. Um, <laughs> that's how much I love this movie. 
Um, I asked Kelsey if we could get our cat a jigsaw costume, and she's like, absolutely not. Oh, my God. That'd be so great. So guess what I'm going to do. Oh, that'd be so and great, though. Her, even though she listens to this podcast. Oh, Nala would look so cute. Uh, if it, it, <laughs> When that does happen, I have to see a picture before she burns it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. One little bit of trivia I wanted to throw out there real quick was um, it's not really about, like, the film itself, but uh, just the sheer coincidence of, like, how lucky Lionsgate got. Because this film came came out in January of 2004 with um, with no distributor, and Lionsgate bought it. And it wasn't for that much money. It doesn't even say how much. But they also uh, had the rights to Crash, and Crash won the huh. and Crash won the Academy Award for Best Picture after coming out in 2000 uh, in 2005. So. In 2000, uh, or 2004, I'm sorry. It was the same year. But, so, the fact that Saw made a couple hundred million dollars and Crash won Best Picture, like, Lionsgate had the perfect storm to end up becoming one of the, the big major studios. Like, at least from an independent standpoint. This, and the thing that, uh, you know, this was the first movie I can think of that I saw that or not Saw, but uh, this was kind of the first, like, big Lionsgate movie I can think of. So this franchise really put that studio on the map. Yeah, and they actually cranked them out really, really fast. Like, they did come out every single year, like, yeah, the week I, it, of Halloween. What's funny is I remember – I don't remember what Saw movie it was. Maybe it was, like, Saw 5 or Saw 6. But I think part of the advertising campaign was – it's not Halloween if you haven't seen Saw yet uh, or something like that. I remember that being a tagline. I don't remember the specific one, but no, they they were so cheap and they could be made so fast. They literally just like bam, 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 like the week after. Oh, wait, we made a we made a we made our budget back by how many times? All right, let's get going on four. Like <laughs> they green all it literally like the next week so they could get started on it. I feel like the first one is the only one that they didn't start making a sequel for right away. Because the other ones, like, the stuff I've seen in it, like, the opening kills can be switched between movies. Oh, no, they, they did. Like, the second one came out in 2005. Huh. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're so cheap, and they got they got filmed so fast. Like, this one alone only took 18 days to film. Which, I mean, wow. relatively speaking, is insanely fast. Like, just over two weeks. Yeah. Especially with, like, the way it's edited. Like, um, I mean, that's all post-production. But, like, you would think with the way they edit it and how many locations there are. Um, yeah. It's, it's impressive. I mean, James Wan's definitely deserved the career that he has. Like, with the ambition that you could see behind it. Uh, at least alone with this yeah. film. He really swung for the fences and, I think, hit a home run. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not really that much other trivia other than like, I don't know, maybe you might find it interesting that, uh, Lee's from Australia. So could you tell that he was putting on an accent? No. Okay. And then same with Carrie, Carrie's, uh, from Britain though, I think. I'm going to confirm that. No, I didn't, I didn't hear anyone trying to cover any accent. Carrie Ellis is, nope, hold on. 
Uh, this is what happens when you close out the tab uh, <laughs> on accident. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure he was from a. Can you imagine if Nicolas Cage played uh, Jigsaw? We haven't talked about. Play a game. Yeah, we haven't. You don't. You don't value life. Got uh, a brain tumor. Yes, 1962, London, England. I was right. Sorry for that long delay on that. But yeah, dude, we haven't talked about Nick Cage for a minute. Um, <laughs> who would Who would Nick Cage be, be, be best in uh, for this movie? He would be. He would be a great Jigsaw, a great Danny Glover character, dude, or <laughs> a a great Doctor. Dude, if he was if he was Jigsaw, just laying on the ground, dude, I would have known immediately. Because you're not going to cast Nick Cage just to be a dead body. Nick Cage, I would have known immediately he was going to be alive uh, by the end of the film. (laughs) The key to that lock is in in the bathtub. (laughs) Game over! Oh my god. As funny as that would be, that twist would not have worked at all. He would have sung the music. Okay. (laughs) No, you don't cast somebody... Da-da-da! (laughs) Da-da-da! I'm trying to think like uh um no he would he would have been okay as Zep. I just think that would have been a little bit too small of a role for him. What if he played the little girl? <laughs> Mommy! Mommy! Mommy there's a man in my room. He talked to me. <laughs> just <laughs> Nick Cage just cried, just like Bobby, Bobby. I, I thought it was funny the scene where they're being held hostage. The only direction the little girl was given is just say why. Yeah. Like, like they're crying, they're they're breathing heavy, they're grunting, but the little girl just going why, 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 why. If I were the mom, I'd be like, look, I wonder that too, but please shut up. I I wish. Like we had, I wish I had a soundboard because I do. I would be tempted to just play that right now and just wait how long until you tell me, okay, stop, please stop, stop. Yeah, yeah. The kids' acting is not great. Well, Monica's acting is not very good either. Um, outside of that, though, I mean, it's like I said, it's not bad. It's not a bad ensemble, but it's not a great ensemble either. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't really. Um. I feel bad not having a lot to talk about. This movie's this movie's good. It deserves to be watched. It's just it's so short, and it's not a super you know packed movie. That I mean, the things we talked about are the things to talk about. Yeah, there's, there's not, really not much else to talk about. That's part of what's great about it is that it's a nice tight story. It actually is about these characters, and it's not about the traps. It's got it goes some, by pretty quick. It's got great, uh, shocking twists in it, like. If you weren't paying attention to this last hour, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I it's there's a re, uh, it's, it makes sense why it made a franchise of terrible films like that's when you know you it made makes it. Sen- it makes sense why it made a, a like a horror genre. Yeah, a whole well a whole subgenre, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. I mean, not sprinkles from either of us, right? But nah, full pan. Yeah, still, absolutely, it's worth checking out. Um, this is, uh, like I said, our Halloween episode, and um, definitely, if you haven't picked a movie, this is not a bad one to pick for it uh, to close out your your night while servicing trick or treaters. So, um, with that, giving candy—that sounded really weird. <laughs>
<laughs> well, hey, hey Tommy, do you need an oil change in your truck? Yeah, can you rotate the tires? Uh, hey, look over there. It's a time machine. Let's go ahead and run into it as fast as we can. Right. <laughs> Euphemisms. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get back to 2019 and let the listeners know what we got going on next week. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, and that is it for this week's episode of Brownie Points. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, as always, to Isla Morphin of Fugay for the bumper music. We very <laughs> Fugay. <laughs> we appreciate it, as always, every single week. Next week, Nick and I are coming at you with a shorter episode than usual. We are only going to be seeing Terminator Dark Fate in the theaters. That's right. The return of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's here, everybody. Yeah, I told you I'd be back. <laughs> and this time... Try to keep me down. I come back. You never get do it to me. <laughs> and this time... It's just like that he's... song. Never gonna keep me down. Never gonna keep me out. Never gonna keep me out of the gym from pumping my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> and he's bringing Linda Hamilton with, her, uh, with him this time. Linda Hamilton, come with me. Come with me if you want to pump your muscles. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's all we got planned. No, no. What? California. <laughs> that's all we got planned for the I theaters. I want to be president. I don't know if I'll be seeing something solo. Uh, Nick's already told me off mic. He will not be seeing something solo. But, Nick, it is your pick for the time machine. Let the people know what we're going to go see. I have no idea what year it is, but we're going to go see The Shining. Uh, one, to get us ready for uh, Dr. Sleep. Uh, but mainly because the only time I ever tried seeing this when it was uh, playing on TV, I fell asleep about an hour into the movie and I missed the rest of it. It is from 1980 and it is going to be our second Stanley Kubrick film after A Clockwork Orange. And I am very, very excited to get to talk more Kubrick with you because it was the, so... The only thing I remember from what I saw, I liked. Like, I remember... I remember, like, I think up until right when they get to the hotel, and then I fell asleep. So you missed pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> it was, it was, a, well, it was a little bit after that, but I don't remember exactly what. But yeah, I missed a lot of the movie. But I did like what I saw before I fell asleep. Well, because it wasn't Clockwork Orange. <laughs> well, strap in because it is a very, very long movie. And uh, it's so oh, it's so good though. This is I've seen all of Kubrick's films at least once, but this one, two thousand one, and Clockwork are the three that I have seen many, 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 many times. Like I think. And, uh, well, I was gonna say, and don't worry, I know for our time machines, we've done pretty much horror classics uh, for the entire month. Uh, my next time machine has already been decided and it's going to be bad. So we'll get you a really dumb movie. Yeah. And, um, this being our Halloween episode, thinking that saw would be it. Nope. We're going to do shining next week. And like, and then Dan's going to pick something and then we're going to bring back another horror movie. Yeah. And I frankly don't care. The fact that the fact that Doctor Sleep is going to be in two weeks, I'm glad that we're going to use this as an excuse to rewatch The Shining because one, it's great, and then two, it'll be a nice primer to go into Doctor Sleep with. Yeah, so. that was the thing is when I was like, man, I'm gonna 
honestly be kind of worried that I'm not going to understand a lot having not seen uh, The Shining. I, I, I think it's a great movie. So like you getting to basically see it for the first time, <laughs> more or less. I, th- I One thing I do know going into it, I do like the score. I've heard the, the theme kind of score a bunch of times because it gets referenced in so many things. Oh, it's um, all. I think that's pretty cool. It's all over the trailer for Doctor Sleep, and obviously they go back to the yeah. Overlook as well. And dude, it—I don't know if they recreate it or CGI it or just straight up composite old footage from the original camera negatives. Like, it looks like the hotel. Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm super excited to rewatch the actual first film though. Uh, Jack Nicholson's great. Uh, um, I, I already forgot the actress's name, but she's great too, and. It's got Kubrick all over it. Like this is, I, I mean, it's obviously a Kubrick film. If you've seen one, you'll recognize all his trademarks in it. So, yeah. with that though, that is all we're gonna have on the show. If I decide to do something for a solo, I'll let you know via social media. But until then, Terminator and The Shining, and we will also be releasing our episode of Solo for our Star Wars recap very, very, very soon. Uh, keep an you eye out for that. Don't want to miss that because I'm pretty angry through most of it. <laughs> Just keep an eye out for that in the next couple of days. And then, uh, speaking of social media, Nick, where can people reach out to us via social media? Face- Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema. Uh, Twitter, at Brownie underscore cinema. And Instagram, Brownie underscore points underscore guide. All three of those profile picture is a bowl of popcorn with a brownie in it. It's the show logo. And then lastly, we have a Gmail, brownie points guide to cinema at gmail.com. Um, hasn't been mentioned for a while, um, but I just feel like doing it because I, I love making fun of it. Uh, we had a YouTube channel. Uh, we don't really do anything with it anymore because YouTube's really dumb. And we'll copyright strike you if you just talk about something. Um, again, talk about something, not recite something, not, uh, not put actual audio clips in it, not put video or, or not put video clips in it. If you just mention it, you're going to get copyright stricken. So we stopped doing that. Yeah. Uh, the last episode that was on there was all the way back in what May or April, whenever June. Yeah. Like whenever I saw, uh, the farewell. But if you do want to check those out there. So I might be de- beating a dead horse, but that horse meat's going to be tender. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that is, uh, is us on social media. If you are listening to us and have not hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do that. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or here on Anchor.com, go ahead and do that. Leave us a star review. Uh, leave us actual review as well. Uh, that helps us get more recognized, go up the charts, and uh, help spread the word about our show. Uh, all of you that have been with us for the first time or have been with us all the way since the beginning, we appreciate you and all the feedback we get on Arnold all our platforms. Arnold and Nicholas Cage have been with us since the beginning. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's all we got for you this week. Uh, we will be back with uh, the Terminator, Dark Fate, the Shining, and like I said, our continued Star Wars recap episodes. We're we're getting ever so closer to Rise of Skywalker. And yeah, with that, we will see you next week.
Dan, I know your mom said you didn't need big muscles to get all the girls, but if you come with me to the gym, we're going to get you all the girls. Yep, nope, the the cure for world world peace. Nope, not happening. The cure for world yeah. peace. It ends <laughs> world peace and puts us into like a continuous war. Oh god. <laughs> Someone's in there, Dan, why? Why didn't you listen? <laughs> Dan, you're you're large muscles. 